Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, whole bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery available. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Shannon Farron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. Are you freaking kidding me right now? I almost threw up when he I'm told cry- me. I'm, look at my eyes. <laughs> I'm crying a little bit. Uh, 2013 is our flashback Friday year on this uh, Friday, March 27th on the Gary and Shannon Show because the newest member of our team, Jacob, graduated from high school High school in 2013. 2013. God damn, I'm old. <laughs> You'd already been here for, for a million nine, and a half years. years. <laughs> By the time he graduated from high school. So so anyway, a little bit later in the show. <laughs> we uh, will introduce you to Jacob. Well, yes. we'll introduce all of us to Jacob. We'll get to know him better because he is our new Blake. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of be sort of a new version of uh, the nine Jacob nuggets you need to know uh, next hour. As uh, as we all get to know Jacob a little bit better. So we'll introduce you to him. And, hey, who says you can't make new friends while you're quarantined? Right? No yeah. reason not to. So we'll introduce you to Jacob and uh, learn a little bit about him. Uh, we got a whole list of questions that he's going to have to answer for us. I did a virtual happy hour last night. How'd that go? With the girls. It went well. It went well. Until Morgan decided to go to the bathroom while on the call. Uh... And forgot to mute. All of it. Okay. Oh, that's nice. The House is debating a $2.2 trillion package to ease the toll on the economy and health care system. Uh, there have been some complications. Lawmakers are doing what lawmakers do. Well, well, one specifically. Right. Um, guy named Tom Massey, a Republican congressman out of Kentucky, has said that he doesn't want to do this on a voice vote. He wants a full roll call, which means people need to be in the chambers. I'm not I'm not sure why. I mean, he thinks that this is too much money. He thinks that we're giving away too much money for the government, uh, that this is not as bad as it sounds. He put out a series of tweets today um, explaining his demand for a recorded vote, meaning they would physically have to be in the chamber, a chamber that is, to have their vote recorded. There was some talk uh, that Nancy Pelosi was going to allow the vote to be taken over the weekend. But then she at least changed her tune in a caucus call yesterday and said, no, we want this done immediately. You need to get back to California. Well, a bunch of these Congress people have been in their districts, dealing with the fallout from this and just not being in D.C. 
Um, there's something to be said about not cramming 435 people into the House chamber because there's no way you can fit that many people in that room and have the appropriate social distancing. The big name today is Boris Johnson. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is the first leader of a major country to test positive. More than half a million people worldwide have this. Deaths have spiked in Spain. Italy has by far the most deaths from COVID-19. We mentioned it yesterday. They think that a soccer game or a football game was game zero for this thing. Game zero, I saw that. Um, But one of the big deals today is that the Port of L.A. is now home, at least temporarily, we hope, to the USNS Mercy, a giant hospital ship, non-commissioned service with the U.S. Navy, uh, came up from San Diego, is in the cruise ship berth there in Los Angeles. This was a an amazing sight to see this thing pull into port, pushed in by the tugboats, pull up to the side of the port there. Steve Gregory was there all morning and watched this thing come in. Steve, uh, the the point of the USNS Mercy is not to take care of coronavirus patients, but to empty out some of the hospitals so that they can take care of them. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, it, a thousand beds here on this ship, and it's a, you know, it's a pretty amazing sight. And as you mentioned, uh, I, you know, you probably had a greater vantage point from the air, kind of giving the big perspective. But you know, standing here, I was here about forty minutes, forty-five minutes early. And you're just kind of watching, and then you're talking, and all of a sudden you look up, and then you see this massive white boat coming around the corner with those big red crosses on the side, on either side, and, and, and you know why it's here. And it's, a, it's pretty amazing because it's, uh, it's kind of larger than life, and you kind of already know what's going on and why it's here. But um, what it will do is be here in place for a 30-day deployment, and... Regional hospitals will send patients that are already convalescing or already recovering. This is not a place where people are going to go for 911 emergencies. And, and, and I've already been told by the chief of the port police uh, to let people know this is not a place to pull up to if you have a medical emergency. That's not why this is here. This is here to take care of patients who are recovering from surgeries or other illnesses so that hospitals can be freed up to treat COVID-19 patients. My understanding is that just by being here, the USNS Mercy becomes the largest hospital in L.A. Well, yeah, if you look at it by bed count, it's got uh, 1,000 beds and 80 ICU beds as well. So it's, uh, it's got a very large radiology suite. It's got a blood bank in it that can accommodate 5,000 units of blood. So it's a pretty massive undertaking, and it's a pretty massive um, just piece of equipment from the u.s navy so i guess in that respect yes it is what kind of staff does the navy have on board how many people and uh how have they prepared for this well this has got one of those um that that, you know the people actually live on board it has over 1300 people medical and non-medical personnel this thing is got the capability of producing 7,000 meals a day and it also produces over 200,000 gallons of fresh water. When has I mean, it been a, used uh, before? Do we know? You know, yeah, uh, Desert Storm. I'm, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head, Desert Storm. It's been around a lot of military conflicts around the world. I remember when it was there in New Orleans, when I was down there covering Hurricane Katrina. It was there, uh, right there, in the same place, cruise line port. It had also been uh, Hurricane Rita. It was down in, um, um, let's see, off of Florida. 
It's been in uh, Puerto Rico. So it's been around the world. It's logged, if you will, a lot of nautical miles. Uh, and I understand just having looked up some of the information about it, when it goes around, if it's not used in an emergency capacity in response to a disaster or something, the Navy goes around to different countries, different uh, impoverished portions of the world and performs surgeries on our tab. I mean, it invites people into the hospital there, the hospital ship, and does this as a, on, on a goodwill basis for people. Sure. And, and the thing is, is that this is one of three medical ships in our arsenal of, of, of naval vessels, if you will. Um, this has also got a helipad, so it can take air flight, uh, you know, flight, flight for life helicopter flights and um it's fully functional like i said and it's also a it's got a trauma unit on board acute surgical unit on board so it really is truly a floating hospital i was just reading an article on cnn they were talking well first of all the uh, the headline is misleading they used to be oil tankers now they're hospital ships deployed to help the coronavirus pandemic this was converted to a hospital ship in 1984. It's not like it was converted last week. It doesn't week. still smell like oil. Right. Well, yeah. And it's not, it's, let me, t- I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's an ugly ship. I mean, it's an ugly looking. <laughs> How dare ship. you? Yes, but it's it a really beautiful is. sight. Why do you but hate America? If you, look, <laughs> if you look at the photos from the inside, you would think you were at the Mayo Clinic uh, I mean, it's just when you look in, you have no idea. If you were to look at the the interior photos, you would have no idea it's a ship. But from the outside, I mean, you're looking at like rust on the side, and it's this big white ship. So it's kind of already, you know, and it's got these three red crosses on one side, and this up above, it's got uh, in black lettering U.S. Naval Hospital Ship Mercy. Um, it, it, like I said, it is an ugly boat when you look at it. It's mm-hmm. not like the cruise ships you're used to seeing here; these big, beautiful luxury. Uh, ships, but when you look at the interior and what it does and what it's capable of doing, it's a pretty amazing sight. Do you have any idea how many people are on board and how many, if all of the beds are full, for example, how many people would it would be able to accommodate? Well, again, there's at least a thousand beds and eighty ICU beds. So uh, right now, uh, presumably, it's empty. Um, we're, I'm not aware of any other people on board. Um, and then, as I mentioned, it's got the capability of 1,300. I mean, there are a lot of people standing right now uh, on on deck looking at us as we look at them. Um, and, you know, as I take a look, I, I, I can see probably 100 people at least standing up on top. But I'm sure the thing is probably pretty full. Now, there will be a presser at 1 o'clock with the governor and the mayor here at the, here at the ship. So we may get some more of those details. Sometimes ugly is safer. You know, uh, I'd rather be aboard the USNS Mercy than I would the Royal Caribbean Star. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the thing, I mean, don't misunderstand me when I said it's an ugly boat. I mean, listen, it's still an American ship, and I'll trust an American naval ship over anything. Any right. Day. Me too. I, I, in fact, I'd like to go there if something happens. Yeah, I, I you trust know what? them more than I trust uh, anyone else. <laughs> you, you know, you're absolutely right. And then I kept thinking, I'm looking across there going, I wonder if I can get an x-ray for my shoulder while I'm here. And, <laughs> you know, just only because you're right. And, and, and i got to be honest with you, there is a sense of pride. Yes. When you see something like this pulling into port, you, you really get this big sense of pride that you know this is America and this is the Navy. And these are the, these are the people that are coming in here to help save lives. 
and to help take pressure off of these hospitals. But you, you get that, that the hair standing up on your, your neck and your arms, and you've got that swell of pride when it pulls into port because you know, by far, we have the best military on the planet, and you know these guys are all badass. Oh, good. I, I'm glad you do love America. I was a little bit worried. Oh, come on. You know better than that. Um, <laughs> they say cargo at the Port of L.A., which is the nation's largest port, is operating at 80% of capacity, according to the executive director there at the Port of L.A. He said that uh, two, there have been two tremendous shocks to the supply chain that has rocked the system. Of course, the uh, trade war between the U.S. and China was the first, and now this pandemic. But they say the port is still open for business to keep those supply chains moving, to get the goods to customers medical supplies to healthcare workers. There have been no reports of sick workers and none of the 27 terminals are closed for health reasons, according to the port. Right. You know, um, the other thing, too, when talking to the chief of the port police here, he said that the one thing he really wants people to know is just don't come down here and be a looky-loo. And there are already bunches of them down here. They were A lot of them were here when I got in. I'm, I'm looking right now at a couple that are taking a selfie and smiling. Um, uh. Now, I, I, you know, again, maybe they're filled with pride, like I am, when you see it. But there are a lot of people down here, like it's a tourist attraction. So it's already starting. It's a lot of people down here. And um, and, and the, the chief said he's really concerned because it's going to start gumming up traffic down here. Now, it's on the opposite side of, the, of where the boat is docked. We're looking at it from across the, the bay a little bit. And so we're not really in the way of the operations, but when traffic starts, but when the initial entrance into the area coming off of the freeway, that's going to, if that starts getting gummed up, then the police may have to block this area off. What kind of traffic are they expecting? It's, I just assume it would be ambulances, right? Or, you know, medical vehicles that are bringing patients in. Yeah. And, you know, and that could be also, and we may get those details again at one, but that may be how the National Guard might help because that, that would free up other ambulances and other medical transport to continue to take care of other patients as they always do. So having that additional support in the way of um, maybe a military ambulance or a military transport, we're thinking that could be something that they do or they use or the Navy. You know, we may be getting uh, other Navy transport or other Navy medical transport as well. So we we hope to get those details at one. Uh, And then as far as I can tell, at least from the images that I saw this morning, this is really the only ship in in port right there, right? I mean, that's the cruise terminal. Yeah. But that's the only ship that's there. Yeah. No, I do see a cargo ship uh, that's being actually offloaded right now. Um, Those uh, container cranes are are very busy offloading a cargo ship just just to the rear of the boat, so of of the Mercy. So that looks like they're working pretty good on getting that unloaded. But that's it. I don't see, from my vantage point, I don't see any other ships. Those pictures are beautiful of that uh, of that ship uh, coming in there to the port of L.A. Just, it's just gorgeous out. I mean, that's one of the uh, silver linings, I guess. They yeah, said, wasn't it supposed to rain today or something? It was supposed to rain yesterday afternoon, I think, and today. But uh, we yeah. got lucky. And then next week it's going to be 82 degrees. But they said <laughs> that the uh, lack of traffic is only a small contributor to the clear skies. That uh, yeah. there are fewer trucks, like I said, it, it, the port's running at 80%. There are fewer trucks and cargo vessels running, obviously fewer planes flying. Uh, construction projects are on hold. All that heavy machinery, they say, 
accounts for nearly 80 percent of all greenhouse gas emissions in L.A. County. They're analyzing how much emissions have dropped, but we won't get the results for a couple of weeks. I've uh, sent you guys a picture of my vantage point. That's I great. think I t- sent it to your cell phones. Just to give you an idea of my vantage point as I speak with you. Oh, so. you sent the wrong pic. I did? Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You had me there for a second. Like, I had to think to myself, what? Is, is I that... heard the panic in your voice. Is that your knee? I can't what? tell. Are you wearing shorts? I can't I, don't, I can't see what that is. <laughs> but when you say, because I'm thinking, oh, wait, I did take a couple before that, but mm-hmm. it had, you know. Yeah, it was yeah like, you did. Oh, come on, Shannon. Come on now. <laughs> I did also uh, realize, and Steve, I, I feel like I should apologize. I went to text you this morning to make sure that you'd be able to come on with us, and I saw that the last time I texted you was August 12th of 2014. Whoa. Jacob <laughs> well, was hey, barely out of high school. I was school. just going to say, yeah. Jacob was barely out of high school. <laughs> I, I was just laughing when you said that. And by the way, it's not fair to say he's the new Blake. Blake's been, he's done, he's gone. And Blake was a wonderful, wonderful guy. But now we have to start Jacob from ground zero. Okay. Blake's we, not dead. We won't call he's, him new Blake. Yeah, don't call him the new Blake. Blake has moved really on. Blake, Blake is... will be called old Jacob from now on. Should we check in with Blake <laughs> and see how he's doing now no. that he's yes. married and on his own and out of his mom's and house? His tan has faded. No, I don't want to see a tan. Faded Should we talk tan about either. the tan package? Steve, did you hear about this? I don't know what you're talking about. So before Blake's wedding, uh, he came in here one day and he says uh, to us, so... His his fiance at the time, she's going to look like a, a beautiful tanned goddess up there at the wedding. And I don't want to look pale, so I'm going to go to a tanning bed. <laughs> so he bought himself a package of tanning sessions so that he did not look pale next to his beautiful bronzed goddess. Yeah, because, because anybody looked, looked at him. Nobody's looking at the groom. <laughs> I can't. I'm just laughing at the thought of Blake being in a tanning salon. I know uh, it's a, it's a dear, it's it it was off brand. I thought to me off brand. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Gary didn't um, talk to him for a week and a half after he found that out. What? So was it fake bake or was it spray? No, it's fake, it was bake. fake bake. Oh, fake All Gary bake. would do is hold up a picture of Chuck Connors every time Blake <laughs> came into the studio. Chuck Connors. I was thinking George Hamilton. <laughs> no, uh, George, no, like Chuck, Chuck Connors, Connors was, was crying in his grave that a grown man would go to a tanning salon before his own wedding. Oh, okay, okay, I, I get it now. But yeah. all right, well, Steve, uh, at one o'clock, you said the mayor, the governor, are expected along with other officials down there to yep. uh, to talk more about this. We may check back in with you. All right. You got it, guys. All right. Take care, Steve Gregory, there at the Port of Los Angeles, and again, USNS Mercy, the hospital ship is now in the port of L.A. right there at the uh, World Cruise Center, the cruise terminal that you can see from the Vincent Thomas Bridge. Uh, l- nice and clear, a big, giant white ship with the red crosses on the sides and the back, and uh, a 1,000 hospital beds, 1,100 Navy personnel, a few dozen civilian personnel on board as well to take care of. Well, the plan is that they would take uh, minor cases that are not coronavirus, that they that people who have gone through surgery or are recovering from whatever reason they were in the hospital, they would now go to the USNS Mercy and continue their hospital stay there and uh, free up some of the beds and ICU beds that are necessary to take care of coronavirus patients. The whole thing means that that is now the largest hospital in the L.A. area, which is an amazing thing to think of, that it's portable like that. The other ship, the USNS Comfort, the sister ship, basically the identical ship, 
is going to be on the uh, East Coast. It's going to be in New York soon uh, and handle things there. One of the issues that we saw the the president sort of dealing with uh, was his insistence that by April we get things back up and running. That's not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen. It's a great hope to have. It is. And it's nice to have a goal. I just don't see that being feasible. Here's what he's done is he's written a letter to governors um, where he talked about how he wants to do this. The next phase of this is going through – each individual area, state and county specifically, and figuring out what's the best way to get things back to business. And are there areas of the country that do not need to be under these safer at home, safe at home orders? And he wrote, um, as we enhance protections against the virus, Americans across the country are hoping the day will soon arrive when they can resume their normal economic, social and religious lives. And he said that he intends to start the process of relaxing some of these social distancing guidelines pretty soon and that the administration might tailor guidelines to specific parts of the country. Here's the thing, though. It's like one place is the hot spot today. There's another place that's the hot spot tomorrow. Uh, New York City is the current epicenter. But the number of confirmed cases is beginning to surge elsewhere. You're seeing hotspots like Detroit, Chicago. And then you think about New Orleans when that surge happens in a week and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's changing. It's moving around. It, you know, and I understand that where it's really bad in New York right now, uh, maybe in two weeks it won't be as bad. But we just don't know. Well, I don't think we know enough to deem certain places orange zones ready and not or red not. zone. Right. right. Now, and that, listen, that may change in two weeks. That may be sure. We, we may have a completely different picture in two weeks because today, Friday, is completely different than what we were just talking about five days ago on Monday. The The fact that we go into this without knowing is probably the most frustrating thing. But I'm, I like the fact that the president is at least saying we need to have these discussions of what what things can we do? I mean, if, if we do start to see the curve flatten in New York City, in L.A., in Seattle, because remember, two weeks ago, we thought the entire uh, western half of Washington state was going to come down with coronavirus. Right. They're not over it, but they've made significant inroads in in how they've dealt with it. Yeah. I mean, they they are taking seriously. I was just texting with one of my friends up there and she said that they are definitely taking seriously the shelter in place thing. And because of it, the numbers have gone down and we've seen the, the, the curve flatten in the Bay Area. Remember, the Bay Area and Seattle were two of the first ones to lock everything down. And if you look at the numbers in the Bay Area compared to New York, you can see they've done a much better job of flattening the curve so far. And I, it, to me, it's one of those things that we won't know for a, a week or two or however long it's going to take. When I look at, number one, just traffic coming in, the number of things that we do on a regular basis. I'm not going to the grocery store. I'm not – I mean not on a regular basis. I'm not out going to the movies. We're not going to restaurants. Those types of activities have curbed so incredibly just here in L.A. It would blow my mind if we didn't flatten the curve. Like, I feel like we've, we've done a good job – of it, we just need the numbers to back it up, and we won't have those for several days. My mosaic is almost completed. Another perfect example. Gary and Shannon will continue. So Jacob was only 17 when Miley Cyrus and uh, Robin Thicke did that dance. 
That may have been the day he became a man. That wasn't Miley Cyrus, was it? Wasn't it? The girl in this video? No, no, no. At the awards oh, show. The award yeah, show, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Did the girl in the video uh, make you into a man? <laughs> Is that what I'm getting? <laughs> well, when it came out, I wanted to see the unrated version. Oh, right, away. Write that question <laughs> right away. Right <laughs> away. See, that's the other thing. You guys, you grew up at a time when that was easy to find. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. We always had to, I always heard rumors about like, oh, did you see there was a, can't think of any, oh, uh, like. Um, like that Playboy in your was, dad's drawer? No, no, what was, um, uh, gosh, what was uh, the Miss America's name? She ended up in penthouse. Vanessa. Vanessa Williams. Yeah. I've gotten this uh, this talk by Petrus and Money, too. When I was with their intern, Yeah, they were telling me about scat porn. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah like weird that it. Yeah, anyway. It's a different time. Let's just <laughs> it's say a it's a different time now. Yikes. You've got the Cheesecake Factory menu laid out in front of you. We, uh, man, there is a new evil. Used to be the In-N-Out menu. <laughs> There's a new evil person in Washington, D.C. This congressman from Kentucky named Tom Massey is getting his pants handed to him. Even John Kerry, that John Kerry, former Secretary of State John Kerry, former presidential candidate John Kerry, said earlier on Twitter... Tom Massey has tested positive for being an a-hole. Oh, he nice. wrote it out. And Donald Trump retweeted it and, oh, said, great. and said, I finally agree with something that John Kerry said. That's but funny. despite his objection, despite the fact that he wanted an in-person vote, the House did a few minutes ago pass the $2.2 trillion stimulus package by voice vote. The president will sign it. Um, I expect that to happen probably before the end of our show. And uh, when it does, he may make some comments. I feel like any lawmaker who tries to make this about them and use this moment to get some sort of name recognition should just go straight to hell. Well, uh, again, the the problems with a giant bill like this is that we're going to see so many of these tiny little pork projects, you know, these little pet things that these people wanted in there. And thankfully, a lot of them got shaved off. But still, we're going to see it. and It's going to be frustrating. Watching what's going on on Wall Street, the Dow is down today, down 656 points. That's about 3% uh, as we continue to see the number of positive coronavirus cases continue to rise. Uh, 566,000 around the world. We're talking about 93,000 in the United States, more than 4,000 here in California and in L.A. County looking at uh, 1,200 so far. Well, it is a special day here at KFI because it's Chris Ann Carlo's birthday. Everybody join in. Yeah. It's your birthday. We're here to party and sing to you. It's from me. Hope you are bueno. The fun will rain. The whole day through. From the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains. We hope your birthday's excellent. So perhaps you should be generally awesome. Because today is your day. Hola. You deserve a grand fiesta and later on siesta and the best of everything. (laughs) I love it the way Chris's wife put it today. (laughs) She says last year, I surprised Chris with a trip to Portugal. This year, I had to buy cake mix on the black market. (laughs) Life moves pretty fast. Uh, happy birthday, Chris. 
Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> we've had better birthdays. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry man. for laughing. No, it's all right. Well, um, I would say that this is probably the first birthday you've had since you were three or four, where it's okay to eat the entire cake in one sitting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able to taste that cake, though. Oh, what, have you wait. lost your sense of taste and smell? I won't be able to smell that cake. Oh, man, you've got it. Uh, yeah, I've pretty much had it since um, since over the weekend. Wait, what? Um, yeah. So Gary's I've, freaking uh... out right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason to because I wasn't yeah. anywhere near you guys. So it's okay. I told you you should have interviewed that guy from Wuhan. Yeah. I know. I kicked in all the way until then. But so no, what are your no, symptoms? Like no explain how it how it started and progressed and all that. Oh, uh, you know, just like fever and aches and everything else that you've heard about with with the exception of like a really thick cough. So it's just been, you know, day by day kind of just trying to work through mainly um, just mainly fever and fatigue and and. Yeah, it was a headache for a couple of days, but uh, it's um, it's uncomfortable. How high um, is the fever, and how long have you had it? Uh, well, it's been consistently between ninety nine and a hundred and mid hundreds, and it um, you know, it, it comes and goes. Everything comes and goes. This is a weird thing about this. It feels different than you know anything I've ever had. Um, I and I should point out, I haven't been tested because getting tested is difficult. So, um. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a weird proposition, weird thing to be in the middle of, and I don't really want to because it's been mild enough that I haven't needed anything, you know, any extra care. I don't want to like go out. And well, you don't live alone. Work. How do you deal this uh, with this at home? What's going on with the uh, quarantining and isolation and stuff? Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's next to impossible. <laughs> so you, you know, we our our house has been completely shut off to the rest of the world for the last you know few days uh, since I don't know. Whenever, whenever I first felt even like the beginning pangs of, of, of fever, we just we went into lockdown and then I did a telemedicine visit and they were like, yeah, well, you're under official quarantine order. And uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, the girls have been fine. You know, my, my wife's fine right now. So that's obviously like the, the, the big point of concern. But right. yeah, it's been it's been um, it's been a trip that I wasn't really hoping to, to take. <laughs> Sorry, I, we were I, supposed I, to have a like celebratory totally, segment yeah. here for your special day, damn it! And now you're uh, hurting coronavirus all over it. Yeah, we're supposed no, to have no, something no. nice I, here. Uh, sorry, I, I should have. <laughs> no, my I'm mouth shut. No, um, no, no. Uh, it's it's important that we uh, that we're open with people if one of us gets it, right? You know, yeah, like just to let so, people know yeah. that they're not alone with that fever. Yeah, it is hot in here, yeah. though. I know. I I than... now have a fever. Um, and Gary does. He kicked the chair guys, away from him like the chair think, was infected. Yeah. I don't think you can catch it via the um, Access. electronic thing. Yeah, are we certain? So. But hold on. Are we certain? No, we're there's not, a lot no. of questions we still have yeah. about what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, like, there's no certainty at all. Um, you know, it, it's, again, I, if you get a test, that's the only, only way to be certain. So the the advice has been just assume that you have it. And don't leave. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch anything. Don't touch anybody. Don't talk to anybody. And, um, you know, if you've had close contact with people, let them know. Good news is that I didn't have really any close contact with anyone last week. Even though I was out in the field, I was keeping my distance by a long shot. And, um, you know, 
using special microphones so that I was more than six feet away when I was getting my sound, you know, doing everything that I thought I, I should be doing in order to not get sick or pass it on. Um, and you know, I just want to be explicitly clear that as soon as, as I even felt anything going on, I, I was like, I'm taking myself out of commission. I'm not, I'm not even going to chance it. I don't, I like, I don't even want to think about the, the prospect of, of passing it on. So, um, I don't know. It's been, it's been a weird week. Pants or no pants? Oh, no. Well, pants. <laughs> that was, uh, that was why definitive. is there hesitation there? <laughs> well, no, because cause I, I, did, I did think about the, the idea of, because I've been trying to work throughout this week, and I, I, um, I did think about the, the, the prospect of being pantless. But I don't know. I just I wanted to feel kind of normal and kind of better. Yeah. So I, you know, just every morning I, I try to go through my, my typical get ready routine without also spending a lot of time around my wife and my girls and basically it's just bedroom to um to my office so on, on the bell curve between uh, on the bell curve from when you first felt it to it peaking in terms of not feeling well to yeah. where, where are you now do you think you're coming off of it do you think you're getting no through you know or? that's uh that's the weird thing like there there just there hasn't really been a peak mm-hmm. um so it just it's just very consistent and uh, again, that's if I have it. I mean, there's an outside shot I could have the flu, but I, I got the flu shot. I, I also think I had the flu earlier this year on top of having the flu shot. Um, the timing would just be incredibly weird given you know what's going on in the world right now. But um, just assuming that I do have it, the, the course of this has been just very consistent throughout the week. Um, and you know, I usually start off better in the morning, and then things really drag down through the afternoon, and then really drag down toward the evening. Um, and it's been different symptoms that have been worse each day. So, like one day was the fever, another day was like you know a headache, another day it was just the fatigue, and it's it's just it's really it doesn't let go. That's that's what I've found so far for the uh, for for this week at least. All right, well we gotta go. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> She's God. she's feeling sick. She's checked her own temperature three times since you've been speaking. Chris. All right, I, hang uh, in there. Hey, let's check like back I in with you. Ruined everything. No, you didn't no, ruin it's anything. Your it's you your didn't birthday, and we appreciate you, and we hope you get better. And we're going to check in with you every day, though. Yeah, but don't worry about <laughs> don't worry about blowing out the candles. Let's just let's spray them out or something. Let's just yeah, that's uh, blowing yeah, out already. Probably we're, we're, good. we're good about that. I'll uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll look forward to. The check-ins, guys. All right. right. Take care, man. Bye. Uh, That didn't go the way I envisioned. Um, (laughs) It did not go the way I envisioned in in the show prep. You're not feeling like singing happy birthday? Well, and listen, I don't want to create... I don't want to create division in a time when you are stuck with someone that you love, but is there a chance that he got it from his wife? Why would he get it from his wife? I don't know. It's got to come from somewhere. And he hasn't been actually tested, right? No. Right. He said he has so not been. I had a friend, or I still have a friend, who had all the symptoms. He's getting better now. His wife is now in the thick of it. She feels awful. All the classic symptoms. And they've actually been tested, and they tested negative. Yeah. Listen. So it could be the flu. Even with, it could be. Even yeah. with the symptoms and the test, if you get that far, still only 20% of them are coming up positive. So. Right. But good that he's quarantined. All Way right, go, well, Chris. Uh, Tiger King when we come back. Thank God. Gary and Shannon will continue. Tiger King is the unlikely hero in all of this. I belong, you belong to me, my sweet home. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. 
president attacking General Motors, saying that the company promised to build thousands more breathing machines than it can deliver for coronavirus patients, that it wants money for them. He uh, threatened to use the Defense Production Act to force ventilator manufacturing. He also wrote that GM should reopen its factory in Lordstown, Ohio, to build the ventilators. This is all on Twitter. The um, guy who came up with the Dyson vacuums, James Dyson, has uh, in 10 days invented a new ventilator and uh, said he's going to produce 10,000 of them for health authorities in the United Kingdom. Uh, last night, we started watching Tiger King. Because I saw Tiger. This is the best distraction to this whole thing. I saw Tiger. Tiger saw me. And I forget who told me yesterday that it's going to go up and down, up and down with who you think the bad guy is. Uh, and it, it is one of those shows where you think it's it's reached peak crazy. Yeah. And it ain't. It hasn't. The first there's seven episodes, right? The first episode, I think to myself, OK, well, they've they've established who the characters are. Like, how are they going to pull seven episodes out of this thing? Oh, there are layers to those characters. <laughs> Each character is nuts, and they're nuts in their own way. And then you add another layer of crazy onto the nuts, and then you sprinkle a little uh, polygamy. You sprinkle a little polygamy in there. You gay, spring- gay polygamy. You sp- you also. Sp- gay polygamy. <laughs> sprinkle a little... Uh- <laughs> The the I love the the meet cute story involving uh, her out walking around on the on the road and and he pulls up in the oh, truck yeah. and he's got a gun and uh, it's ju- it's just it's so much and, and the, the how many who, more people out there are like this apparently a lot that's the thing is that there's enough that early on in the first episode. One of the guys goes, yeah, you know, all these wild animal people are kind of crazy, but it's the like the monkey people. They're pretty wacky. But these big cat people, they're nuts. I mean, and at one point last night, I wanted the cats to eat all of them. <laughs> Not just part like, of one of them. What do the cats think about these people? They're, they're, like one of the main things is that animals don't judge you, right? right. They accept you. They, they, You can be... The biggest freak in the world. Ex-con. Anything. And the animals will still love you. Right. And that's why they're drawn to them uh, in this. But what are the cats really thinking about these people? <laughs> All they see like, is giant turkey legs walking around. <laughs> they can't wait to eat yeah. them. It is really, really good. Now, the the main character is Joe Exotic, whose name is Joe Maldonado Passage. And I'll just say that he's in jail. There's a murder-for-hire plot that apparently comes up later in the docuseries, if you haven't followed the story. He's now filing a lawsuit. He's filed a lawsuit against the federal government and is asking the president to pardon his conviction for uh, for the murder-for-hire plot and for violating the Endangered Species Act. He is demanding a combined $94 million from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service his former business partner and then several former uh, colleagues. Now, apparently. the woman is the mastermind in all this. The woman who says that she has this, like, sanctuary for the tigers and the, the cats or whatever. And uh, she, though, uh, charges people to come to her sanctuary. Carol Bassett, and yeah. the whole volunteer thing. Like, the, the, the two dudes, the two polygamists that are in, uh, one's in Oklahoma, one's in South Carolina, uh, they 
charge people and they pay their employees because they call I mean, it a zoo long it's, hours yeah. and everything and it's it's a lot of work but they pay she has rigged it so everyone's a volunteer and there's a level of volunteer you can be and you got to work your way up through the different levels of different colored t-shirts scientology cats oh, like that's what yeah. it seemed like when she was explaining how you get from one level t-shirt to the next She's level t-shirt. A psychopath man uh, and she definitely killed that husband uh clarify joe is not suing his former business partner but their his former business partner was the one describing the lawsuit so 94 million dollars against fish and wildlife it's listen it's worth it's on netflix it's worth dialing up it's worth checking out because you can't once you get what 30 seconds 45 seconds into it you're not going to turn it off oh no you're hooked uh i remember in more innocent time a couple days ago when i thought the craziest thing about carol was the fact that everything in her house is cat print everything thing yeah every single thing and i thought wow she's crazy there and, and the, now i'm like wow that was a simple same time <laughs> i love that there are lines there are laugh out loud lines that are not intended to be oh yeah like when they're interviewing carol yeah. and she's like i don't have any friends yeah yeah no right. kidding right no yeah kidding. no s i uh, texted your wife last night and i said i guarantee you will 100 percent like this show yeah she did. Yeah. Yeah. We watched the first two episodes. We'll get through probably the rest of it uh, by tomorrow morning. Uh, all right. We come back. An update on uh, L.A. City, L.A. County, updates on coronavirus. And then later next hour, we're going to introduce you to Jacob. Jacob is our uh, our new board operator, new member of the team in our nine Jacob news nuggets you need to know. Do you think by standing up you're going to beat the coronavirus that Carlo just gave you? Because I don't think standing. I mean, if it, make you, if it makes you feel stronger. I'm going to grunt it out. All right, Rodney. Gary and Shannon will continue after this. <laughs> like, didn't we learn that on Blind Love? <laughs> Wasn't that one of the many lessons we learned? I think I'm just going to walk out into the country and sit on a hill all weekend. I know. I was, I was just going to say, aren't you so glad you don't have to see me for two days? <laughs> uh, okay, good news. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The House has officially passed the $2.2 trillion economic stimulus bill. The president has indicated he will sign this. And uh, when he does, we expect it'll probably make some comments. Um, there was some last-minute drama, of course. Congressman uh, Tom Massey of Kentucky had said that he wanted to delay the passage of the bill because he wanted to have everybody present to, to vote. Now, a bunch of the members of Congress had already gone back to their home districts, not just because there wasn't anything for them to do with this bill, because it was safer that way. They weren't going to be meeting in uh, on Capitol Hill And by him doing that, he was going to force everybody back into the House chambers, 434 of his closest friends, all shoulder to shoulder so that they could do the vote. Finally, they got it figured out. They did it on a voice vote. 
and it did pass. It will be headed to the president's desk. At about an hour from now at noon, L.A. County officials will give their daily update on the coronavirus. So we will get the information from there. It looks like Orange County is going to update everyone at 3.30. Also going on in Orange County, uh, the sheriff is going to be working with a judge and prosecutors and defense attorneys today at 1.30 on a plan to release jail inmates who have 60 days or fewer to serve on sentences in an effort to stop the spread of coronavirus. Again, I'm not seeing numbers in the inmate populations making me believe that either they're not testing at all or those could be the safest places if nobody has it. It could be. I mean, remember, it has to be introduced by somebody into a population like that. There was a question well, there's been a question every single day, it seems, with uh, L.A. County, whether it's asked by L.A. Times or somebody. Uh, do you have any positive cases in the homeless population? Because when that happens, when they finally do get a, a positive case in somebody who is, as they like to refer, experiencing homelessness or experiencing an unsheltered lifestyle or whatever they want to put it, that's going to be front page news on the L.A. Times. It, the thing is, it's a it's it's going to happen. It will happen. And the concern is that it gets through that population and spreads like wildfire because they're not going to have the same immediate health care uh, available to them that other people would, other people in other parts of the city. So uh, it, it's it's uh, one of those uh, frustrating things, I think, because the c- conversation continues to revolve around that when that's not exactly what the issue is, at least not the one that we're facing right now. And we need to face the biggest fires that are immediately in front of us to put those out. There was a a couple of different um, questions that have come up in the last couple of days that I thought would have been resolved by now, and toilet paper is one of them. I did see people waiting outside the Ralphs again today that I drive by when I go to work, which I hadn't seen for a few days. Uh, We're a week into these statewide stay-at-home orders aimed at uh, keeping hospitals from being overwhelmed, and still a lot of stores are dealing with shortages, at least you know, an hour into their workday, stores are being cleaned out of hand sanitizers and toilet paper and everything. A guy who works for Georgia Pacific, a spokesman uh, for the big paper company, says the ultimate question everyone wants to know is when will the store shelves be restocked? And unfortunately, he says, I don't have a good answer for you on that. In fact, nobody seems to. The stores, the suppliers, and definitely not the people who have been sharing their hashtag toilet paper crisis online. Um Georgia Pacific's mills and regional distribution centers last week shipped out 120% of their normal capacity. They're overproducing toilet paper, paper towels, etc., but it's not st- I mean, but it's not staying on store shelves. So are there there've got to be people who are completely hiding the fact that they're overbuying toilet paper yes. and they don't need it. They don't and then, need it. And then why? And then looking around, I mean, there's. I've had people offer to me. <laughs> I saw this meme yesterday. It said quarantine day 24. It was a guy. It was a guy with his pants, with his pants down. down. I'm trying to translate. So the guy with his pants down. He's squatting on top of a fire hydrant. She's lost it. This is too much. We've realized. What, what is it? It was the 19th that the, it went into effect. It's yeah. now the 27th. So day about, about eight, eight days. Shannon lost it. Eight days. 
You know, know, like he's using the fire. Oh, no, no, I get okay. it. I get it. You I don't get it. Continue. No, Nick. <laughs> don't make her do that. Can you do the motion again? <laughs> he's like this. Stop. <laughs> if you search Amazon, for example, it'll show you a 36-roll pack of Angel Soft toilet paper. But if you put it in your cart, it shows up as unavailable. In fact, they're going like no-name... D-list brand toilet paper. One ply. One ply Ugh. that will double as cellophane for your foodstuffs. Uh, you can get 10 rolls of something called <laughs> Tree Solo, but not until April 16th. Oh, did I tell you about my friend who found toilet paper online? Where? Well, she w- she became a little obsessed with it, mm-hmm. and she found Trump toilet paper. You could buy four rolls for like $8, <laughs> but then shipping was $18. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. Um, it looks like the shortage of personal protective equipment is the huge mountain we're going to have to climb. Uh, forget about toilet paper. There is a worldwide shortage of this protective equipment for healthcare workers already. Masks, gloves, face shields, all of that. The World Health Organization says they need to speed up production of that. At a huge, a much bigger scale. Uh, and the good news about that is that it's not just the normal producers of it that are getting into the game. Um, for example, Fanatic is the company that makes all Major League Baseball uniforms. They're switching over, not making any uniforms for any team at all or souvenirs or anything. And they're just making hospital gowns, masks, and that sort of thing. For uh, They're not going to be the... Uh, the highest end in terms of protection, personal protection equipment, but it's going to be surplus supplies that they do not have right now. Will they be in team colors? Yeah, will they have logos? That'd be awesome. That would if they be did awesome. It, if they did it at like a pinstripes for New York. Oh, that would mm-hmm. be cool. That'd be fun. Dodger blue here in L.A. A little, uh, a little halos around everybody for the Angels. In Houston, just a big C on the front for cheaters. Oh, <laughs> I was like, C, C. Yeah, Gary's face did that, too. What are you getting at? All right, let's take a break and come back. Remember, we're going to get to know Jacob, our new Blake. Blake was the old Jacob. Blake was old Jacob, right? We're not even going to say the B word anymore? Not that name. Okay. We really write people off when they leave us. Like, we have not seen Oscar since he left us without flipping him off once. It's become habit now. Mm -hmm. Don't even have to think about it. I should be over all the butterflies. Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll get an update from L.A. County in about a half an hour on where we're at. One of the things that we like to do on this show is look for the helpers. And we found some of the helpers that have started shopping Helpers L.A., helping the people that may not be able to go to the market or could be compromised if they're going to the market, these are young people that are stepping up. Kayla Newman joins us now with Shopping Helpers LA. Kayla, first of all, thank you for what you're doing. Hi. Hey, how did you get this idea? Where, where did this come from? So my sister and I started it together. My sister's here as well. Hi. Hi. 
<laughs> and we just started it, a little group chat on our phone with, like, 20 girls and guys, some friends, mutual friends. And then people spread it, word of mouth, text messaging, WhatsApp. And the next day we had over 150 volunteers. And now we're over almost at 300 volunteers. And we've helped hundreds of people with shopping assistance. And every day we get hundreds of calls <laughs> about it. How did people find out about this, that you were doing this? So um, we actually had an article in the L.A. Times, and we just spread it with word of mouth. People were just calling each other. I think the Jewish Journal wrote an article on us, and um, it was on Facebook, on our website. And I guess people in need, they were just looking it up and found our service. Now, there's there's obviously two angles to this. Not only are you uh, soliciting volunteers you're also asking if anybody needs assistance, and there's a place on the website, which is my S-H-L-A, so M-Y-S-H-L-A, My Shopping Helper L-A, uh, where people can request assistance as well. Who is it that you found uh, is has been contacting you asking for some help? Correct. So it's mostly older people, but we also have a lot of pregnant women or just people with compromised immune systems. Um, just anyone who can't leave, leave the house or sometimes people who live with a grandparent and just can't leave for that reason. So anyone who needs help, they contact us and we set them up with a volunteer to do their shopping and they get what they need. How good of it is, uh, how good is the feeling when you know that you help someone, you drop off what they need and I'm sure they're very appreciative. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Like, we get so many calls a day just thanking us and thanking our service, and people don't know what they would do without it. So it's really, really rewarding, especially when we're in quarantine ourselves. So it's just really rewarding to have something to do and not go out of our minds. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd just be watching Netflix and, uh, I, I don't know, bored. <laughs> so it does feel really great to do something good, especially for the for the greater community and for for the people that are really struggling during this time. Well, well we, ladies, thank you so much. We yeah. appreciate it. You can go to uh, myshla.com to find Shopping Helpers LA. Uh, also, shoppinghelperSLA at gmail.com is where you can get a hold of them as well. We'll put all this contact info up on our, our web pages and social media. And I don't want to stop you from doing the great work that you guys are doing, but if you do have carve out some time for Netflix, you're going to want to watch Tiger King. Yeah, you have to see Tiger King. It is so next level. It's just the best thing. It's such a nice distraction. And also, if you want to add our phone number, the phone number to reach us both, it rings to both ourselves. It's 323-628-7071. So a lot of people who can't um, go on the computer, they call our cell and we just do it through there or text us. It all works. Excellent. 323-628-7071 is how you can get a hold of them. Correct. Ladies, thank you. We appreciate it. And on behalf of the people who can't get out, we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a pretty pretty amazing service. really nice. Um, All right. So Jacob is our new family member on the show. Yeah. And we're happy to have him. Mm -hmm. He is running the board, pushing all the buttons, keeping the show on the air. And... uh, Jacob, we're going to find out more about. It's a different kind of nine news nuggets you need to know. It's nine Jacob nuggets you need to know. And we're doing it earlier because of, you know, just, you know, it's a flex show. It is a, lot, a flex show. A lot show. of things moving around. Because we also don't know exactly what's going to happen for the rest of the show. There are some news conferences for that we know we're going to dip lives. into. <laughs>
And uh, so we'll we'll keep an eye on all of those. But it's important that uh, everybody gets to know who Jacob is. Yes. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Following a bunch of the stories around the country, the House has passed the $2.2 trillion economic stimulus package. It is going to go to the president's desk. He has said he will sign it when he does. Uh, If he makes some comments, we'll bring those to you. Uh, L.A. County is going to give us their update. We're going to listen in and uh, catch what Dr. Barbara Ferrer says about uh, the current cases in Los Angeles County. That's coming up in the 12 o'clock hour. A little bit later in the show, we're also going to do another small business shout-out for Creekas Deli and Subs, how you can help out, keep some of these restaurants afloat as we get through uh, some pretty tough times coming up. Also, this weekend, Sunday night, we, the uh, the corporation, iHeartRadio, was supposed to do the iHeartRadio Music Awards. And... Clearly, it's been canceled. Uh, But what we will be doing is we're teaming up with Fox to present the iHeart Living Room Concert for America to benefit uh, a bunch of different frontline medical professionals, first responders, others that are working to help those who are affected by coronavirus. It's going to be on Sunday night at 6 p.m. our time on Fox. It's going to be broadcast on a bunch of different radio stations and on the iHeart Radio app. Elton John, Alicia Keys, Backstreet Boys, Billy Eilish, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day, Camila Cabello, Dave Grohl, uh, Mariah Carey, Sam Smith, Tim McGraw, all of them. One-of-a-kind performances filmed in their own homes, a lot of them using their own cell phones or cameras, their own audio equipment. Ciara, Demi Lovato, Lizzo, Russell Wilson will all be there as well, encouraging donations to Feeding America and First Responders Children's Foundation, two of the many charities that uh, that we're going to help out. And again, that concert is coming up on uh, Sunday night at 6 o'clock on Fox and a bunch of our iHeart stations. Well, Jacob joins us as our new family member on the Gary and Shannon Show. And, Hi, Jacob. Hey, what's up? And we thought we'd get to know him with our nine news nuggets you need to know. We present the nine Jacob nuggets you need to know. Yeah. Are we, uh, we're going to ask him some questions, find out. Who this kid is. There was a point, Jacob, where I was going to say you would get a free pass on one question. Like if there was one question that was oh, just that too much cool. for you, you, you could say pass. Yeah. And then uh, we decided against it. Yeah, we took that out. So you have to answer oh, everything. No All right. Here's your honorable mention. Honorable mention. Not supposed to mention. I was going to mention it when the time was right. It's network policy not to mention it. It's been an honor serving with you all. Didn't I mention it? What an honor it is. Great and honorable Moses. So today we're holding auditions to become the newest member of Honorable Mention. Are we going from the top to the bottom or bottom to the top? Oh, you just choose. Oh, okay. Yeah, choose one and then. Uh, we'll... Let's see here. What is your favorite sport to play and watch? And who's your favorite sports figure? Uh, basketball, so NBA, and both to play and watch. And Kobe was my favorite sports figure to uh, watch as well. You point guard? Oh, yeah. Well, kind of a two-guard. Shooting guard? Yeah, in between, a yeah. tweener. I'm not was, very tall, was that, I was just going to say, was that a rip on his height? No, I was just <laughs> I was just curious as to what position he played. He's brand new. We, I'm not calling. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I'm 5'3". 
five four and a half. With those heels on, you're five five. Yes. Okay. Here's number nine. Uh, number nine. Uh, I did nine plays if a cop's dirty nine times out of ten, his partner's dirty too. And I speak nine languages. I stay up till nine o'clock. Basically, everybody at table nine. I feel ready to go another nine inning. Niner. Did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? All right. Here's uh, the next question. Getting to know Jacob. Where were you born, and what do you remember about the first five years of your life? So I was born in West Covina. Oh, five years. Uh, probably uh, one of my first few birthdays. I remember having. Uh, ooh, where is this at? Actually, I do not remember. So, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Wait a minute. Was that a pass? That was a pass. West Covina, huh? West Covina. Okay. Well, uh, have you? you it's hard still to live remember. in West Covina. I do not live in West Covina. I grew okay. up in Pasadena, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my good. original hometown. You've been around. Yep. Then, then, well, I don't want to say the city, but I did used to live in Corona for five Ooh. years. Oh. So. Yeah. Now I So between it. you and Ann Carlo, we yeah. all screwed. <laughs> yeah, between both of us. We messed it up. Here's number eight. Oh, it would be great if you could make a figure eight. A child is born every eight seconds. Listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Eight. about your family and who your favorite relative is and why. Ooh, this is probably not going to end well for me <laughs> already. <laughs> I wish I could have passed this question. Oh, no. Uh, nope, sorry. Uh, family, uh, they all like to uh, bag on me, so you guys can do that as well. Okay, so so I came to the uh, perfect show for Totally. That. Yeah, awesome. Uh, favorite family member. Ooh, I'm going to hear it later. Uh, probably uh, my sister because she gives me the most crap. Ooh, can I ask a follow up? Yeah, go ahead. Who's in the family? You got you have at least a sister. I have just one sister, uh, my mother, and then I have four aunts as well. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. that's of, good. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of women. A lot of women in there. There's that's only good. four guy cousins in the family. Wow, I like that. Yeah. All right. Getting to know Jacob. Here's number seven. The seventh son of the seventh son. One of the seven days. With the government. Sector seven. Five, seven. Seven a.m. Seven years of college down the drain. Seven. 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 Seven, seven days. All right. Uh, have you ever had a nickname or a pet name that uh, that your relatives called you or your friends called you? Uh, I do, but I probably can't say it on the air. Of the <laughs> well, then you're gonna write it down, and okay. you're gonna and you're gonna show it to Nick. Okay. All right. Um, I'm excited for this. Yeah, this is a good. That's great, man. All right. <clears throat> they call you that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Until I was about seven. Huh. My sister. Did. Just that word? Do they put like little in front of it? No, they... no, no. Well, yeah. Sometimes it was little. Um, ah. And that was what they put on my Christmas presents as well. Ooh. I'll, they I'm put that on your Christmas presents? Is. Yeah. I know. All right. Here's number six. I got six. You got six. She got six. Uh, number six. Dude, there's six more weeks of winter. Why do you have a picture of me, a rabbi, and six drunken longshoremen? Why don't we just stick her in a nursing home closer to us so I don't have to drive six hours? Drink another six-pack. Number six. What is your favorite food or foods, like top three? Favorite foods, probably Asian. Um... Korean. Oh, uh, Thai food is one of my favorites. Ooh, Pizza. Strong. And Mediterranean food. Yeah, well-rounded. Oh, yeah. Quite a palate right there. 
Yeah. All right. Don't uh, eat a lot of Mexican food. Jake? What about drink? What's your favorite drink? Gin and tonic. Okay. We've got a lot of gin Specific, in the office. I saw That's why I was happy and we when have, you pulled it out. And we have tonic mix, too. We do? In the pulpit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've oh, got like oh, a Oh, then we're good pack. to go. Yeah. Well, then we Let's can do welcome. it. Welcome. Do you have a favorite brand of gin? Um, uh, Tangeray. That's my favorite one. Okay. I won't drink that Bombay. That stuff is nasty. <laughs> Vegas, man, Vegas, four, yeah, Vegas three years ago did me wrong with that. <laughs> Everybody has that story. <laughs> All right, we're getting to know Jacob. We'll come back and do the five Jacob nuggets you need to know. Uh, Gary and Shannon will continue. Maybe I shouldn't explain what happened to my Kevin. My cat. No. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Throughout the rest of the show, we're going to have a bunch of uh, a bunch of talking heads. We're going to try to make sure we get just to the the nuts of what it is that they're saying. L.A. County is going to give up their update. Mayor Garcetti and Governor Newsom are expected to hold a news conference at the L.A. port. Because uh, the USNS Mercy has finally docked. It came in today. Uh, oh, that's very sad. Channel 5 on their lower crawl does traffic updates. Mm. Um, and one of the things that they have on a regular ma- basis is big sporting events that are going on to watch out for traffic around the arenas. Yeah. And it says the San Francisco Giants are visiting the L.A. Dodgers. And then it just says N.A. Why not, even not put that up there? Somebody forgot. Uh, it is weird that the parking lots at Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium are like half full with a bunch of rental cars, I guess. They just need space to put them, and that's, uh, that's a, a place that can handle them right now. Well, we are getting to know Jacob, our new family member on the Gary and Shannon show with the nine news not, excuse me, the nine Jacob nuggets you need to know. Uh, born in West Covina, uh, Covina, raised in Pasadena for the most part, a sister. Uh, mom, basketball, four aunts. Aunt, Kobe, mom, four ants, Asian food, likes to dabble in Mediterranean. Thai food. And a nickname that we can't say on the air. Here's number uh, five. For five minutes! I have five rules. We begin bombing in five minutes. Five little monkeys. This is the year 5.5. leaning on type five for Anaheim. Do me a favor and lose five pounds immediately. If you could choose a vacation destination, you know, when all this is over and we're free to move about the world, uh, what would it be? Is there somewhere you've always wanted to go? Yeah, Greece or Thailand. So I should probably hit up Petros. I uh, <laughs> I loved Greece. I did not love Thailand. I did not love the flight to Thailand. I did not love the crowds. How long was it? 18? It was 20? It was 12 hours to China and then five hours to Thailand from there. And we ride in the back. (laughs) Like the last thing my husband will ever do is not ride in the back. You guys are steerage. Yes, we ride in the belly of the plane. Why Greece? Uh, Just because I like the food over there. I just want to see how it's different from here to there. And plus, uh, the water looks really blue and clear. That's that's only the reason why I want to go, to be honest with you. The water 
Yeah, just the water. Yeah. And the food, maybe. <laughs> the food would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> the food, I just remember eating Greek salads like every day and chicken. Well, aren't uh, they all Greek salads if you're in Greece? Yeah, they are. But they don't have lettuce, right? They did. Petros told me that real Greek salads do not have lettuce. Well, I, w- I so wasn't I don't know what in Petros's haunts, probably. <laughs> all right, here's number four. Four minutes! He's probably on his fourth tranquilizer by now. Commandment number four! There goes the fourth amendment. This isn't the same world you left four years ago, sir. Getting to know Jacob, who was your best friend in high school, and where are they now? Best friend in high school was uh, my friend Carell. He's in Portland right now. He actually works for the Blazers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, basketball operations. That's very cool. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, In Corona, it was called Grace Christian Academy. It was a private school. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist anymore. Private school kids. Are you Catholic? No, uh, the school was Baptist. Okay. So, do you know how to dance? Sorry. No, I do. No, I do. <laughs> no, I do. Okay. Yeah. Just check it. Here's number three. Three shall be the number thou shalt That's count, loose. and the number of yeah. the counting shall be three. They were dead within three hours. Three. Security clearance level three. All three of you. Three. I got all three of you guys for the rest of your natural born lives. After about three days, they both start to stink. So you, <laughs> sorry, at a Baptist high school, you thought that Kevin Bacon was the bad guy in Footloose. Is that, yes. Okay, excellent. What do you want to be when you grow up? I would like to be in sports of some kind. So, you know, this is not too far-fetched from it. You guys talk about sports. <laughs> we'll, do more, <laughs> we'll do more sports for you. Just for you. All right, well, I appreciate it. And we'll involve you. I mean, we're going to need sports. to. Well, okay, uh, let me ask you a sports question. What should uh, what should we do with the rest of the NBA season? Cancel it. Yeah, just done. Just, yeah, just and done. See you again in start, October. Yeah, start it yeah. up again in uh, in late October. Yep. Or even if it continues further than that, you can start it up on Christmas Day because honestly, that's kind of when the real season starts. Do you like football? I do. I love football. And your team? Uh, the Rams. Sadly, with their the new Rams. Logo, it sucks. The Lambs yeah, with the their Lambs. stupid yep. ass logo. Yeah. Did you hear what Eric Dickerson said? No, what did he, he said? Say? It looks like a penis. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it I does, didn't though. see it until I saw that quote from him. And you look at it and you go, oh, yeah. How do you not see that? Like a ram penis? It's in the middle of the ram's head. It's like his, it's like his nose. <laughs> it's like the skull plate and the nose, the bridge yeah. of the nose that comes down. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too proud of it either. <laughs> All right, what number are we on? I don't remember. Uh, two. Two. What's going on, you two? Pick out two fingers. One, two. Yeah, there it are does, right? two people in this house. There's two sons and no women. Two ringy-dingy. Oh, we're getting to know Jacob, new to the show here. Who is the one person on earth? I think you may have already kind of touched on this. Who's the one person on earth who knows you the best? Who knows me the best? Yeah, can mm. tell when you're lying. Knows when you're faking it. Probably one of my aunts. Yeah. Okay. Eva. She knows me the best. Shout out to Eva. Yeah. She knows me the best. The window into Jacob's soul. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. I like how open he is. Yeah. You know? I don't think he would have used a pass on any of those. I don't think so either. Okay. One more. We're number one. You're a number one. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. I decided to look out for number one. Are you the number one? <laughs> Row number one. Number one. Uh, number one. Do you ever get worried that... All the time. <laughs> all the time, huh? Is that your answer? <laughs> yeah. Is that a firm answer? No, no, no. Not firm. Do you ever get worried 
you ever fear that all those naked pictures you took will end up on the internet? Ooh, yeah, at some point. <laughs> I feel like it, it would get around to uh, to the wrong person. Like to your aunts? Yeah. See, that's that's my fear is that it would get back to family members. And mm. then I'd be like, oh, no, I don't know how to explain that. Right. Are there? Uh, don't ask him Sorry. that. Well, okay, then Too I won't far. say that part. Well, uh, are there, do you think there, there are be. There incriminating be. pictures of you? Oh, yeah. That buddies would have? Of, and... of course. There's videos, too. That's they... why I'm Ooh. glad I didn't graduate high school in 20. Where everybody had a camera in their right. pocket. And at least there was a time delay between taking the picture and having the pictures developed. Yes. There was like a cooling off period <laughs> before anybody had to see what was going on. Uh, all right, but do those pictures or videos do they do they rise to the level of potential blackmail? No, can, no, no. I you, wouldn't say that. They're probably embarrassing. Probably like a nine. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's but, good. But at some point, I'd I'd have to just suck it up and say, all right, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, welcome. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Honestly, I thought these questions were going to be more personal because when I walked into the office. On the rundown, it's, it said Jacob's Nuggets, and so I was a little—I was a little confused. I didn't say, "Oh no, this is not going to be good." Uh, well, one of these days when we resume news and brews, we can uh, get out, get you out there with us, and uh, you can introduce yourself to people. All right, let's do it, and they will ask you the personal questions. Yes, they will, and I'll answer them. All right, we'll talk trend and get an update from LA County when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines, so you can choose to dine out safely, or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer, and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery available ladies and gentlemen welcome aboard this summer we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new nissan we invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views premium seats in all rows and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees layovers and neck pillows so fasten your seatbelts and enjoy non-stop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new nissan And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, $3,500 on 2020 Rogue consists of $3,000 cash back and $500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7620. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. L.A. County has started its daily press update when it comes to coronavirus. Uh, we are now hearing from Dr. Barbara Farrar, the uh, director of the county public health department. It's interesting. They're taking their time between speakers just to give each other space because of the Good social distancing. Everyone. Here's Dr. Barbara Thank Ferrer. Thank you uh, so much uh, again to the media for covering uh, all of the information we're providing with uh, a lot of both intelligence and accuracy. 
And I also want to thank all of our residents. Uh, this is a really uh, confusing and for many people devastating time. Certainly, uh, we, all are sh we all share having a lot of anxiety. Uh, but I really want to applaud everyone for trying to do your best and also for taking care of each other. Uh, we, we have a few weeks to go, and it's going to be more important than ever that we recognize uh, how important we are to each other, even if we're not physically together. Um, I also want to expect, express my gratitude and deep appreciation to Supervisor Barger and all of the Board of Supervisors for their smart and compassionate leadership. I'm really proud to be part of this county team. And I thank all of the leaders uh, across the entire uh, county of L.A., both uh, county department partners, many of whom have shared the work that they're doing with uh, all of our viewers and listeners and readers. But I also want to thank all of our uh, county partners in the not-for-profit world and our business partners, our uh, sports team partners. I, I really uh, I couldn't be uh, prouder to be an Angelino at this point in time. Uh, and it's because of all of you. I want to update you on our current status. Uh, we're sad to report an additional five deaths today. Um, all of the people uh, who I'm reporting about today who, who passed were over the age of 60. Uh, there were four men and one woman. Uh, yesterday I reported on uh, an additional nine deaths. And of those, eight of those people also were over the age of 60. There was one person, unfortunately, who passed and was younger, a person in their 40s. Uh, they did have underlying health conditions. Uh, these numbers that I report uh, every, every day represent the lives of real people, and they're people that are mourned by their families and their friends. Uh, and to those of you who are experiencing these terrible losses, uh, we're here with you, uh, and we're sending our prayers uh, and we're really uh, so very sorry for your loss. Um, today we're also reporting 257 new cases. Uh, over the last 48 hours, there have been 678 new cases. And the total number of cases in L.A. County now stands at 1,465 these cases include 54 cases reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach and nine cases reported by the city of Pasadena. In less than a week, or really I think only six days, uh, we have gone from 409 cases to 1,465 cases. We've more than tripled the number of people here in L.A. County who are positive for COVID-19. This increase in part reflects a lot of uh, improved access to testing, uh, and we're catching up on being able to test uh, people who have serious illness. But we also have to assume that these numbers represent the very uh, real fact that we have a lot more people infected in the county who are capable of infecting others. The majority of the people who are infected are between the ages of, and tested positive are between the ages of 18 and 65. While you'll, while you'll see with some numbers I'm going to report uh, later, the majority of the people that are very ill and, uh, and even those who have passed are over the age of 60. But the important fact here is for those of you who are infected, you are the risk for everyone else uh, in our county. 
And if a lot of people who are relatively young are infected, then those very young people can, in fact, infect those people who are older and more vulnerable for serious illness and even death. So I ask you to do your part. 317 cases have at some point been hospitalized, and that's about 22% of all positive cases. At this point in L.A. County, unfortunately, 1.8%, slightly under 2% of people who have tested positive have died. And that's higher than the mortality rate both in New York City and, um, and in the United States. Again, um, New York City reported uh, today, I think, over 25,000 cases and 366 deaths, which puts their mortality rate at about 1.4%. They have a lot more testing capacity, and therefore they've been able to identify many more people who are positive with COVID-19. Uh, of the people that are currently hospitalized, which is about 70, 70% 70 of them are in the intensive care unit. And that includes uh, the, majority, and the majority of those people who are in the intensive care unit, as I noted earlier, are older than 60. As always, confirmed cases are being isolated and their close contacts are quarantined. I also want to update information on the, four, that, on the investigations at the 14 institutional settings where we have at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. The total number of confirmed cases in all of the institutional settings in total is 35, and that includes both employees and residents. There are three facilities that have three or more confirmed cases of COVID-19. Staff, residents, and family in these facilities have been notified that there is an outbreak. These facilities are Kensington Assisted Living in Redondo Beach, Belmont Village in Hollywood, and Alameda Care Center in Burbank. I want to note that there have been no deficiencies identified at these facilities and that staff and managers are doing their very best to protect the health of their residents. It is unfortunate that this virus knows no boundaries and it can be imported and exported wherever there are people. As of March, uh, as of yesterday, over almost 11,000 people have been tested for COVID-19 uh, in LA County. Uh, about 11% of them have been positive. The rate of positive cases has remained relatively steady over the past two weeks, either 10% or 11%. Uh, as our testing capacity is increasing, I know that there's more and more demand from the general public to get tested. We ask for your patience because there's still a very long turnaround time on getting results as because there's a backlog at the labs and there still is limited capacity. So please uh, talk to your provider and make sure that you're both symptomatic and that your provider has determined that it's clinically important for you to get tested at this point in time. And as a reminder, uh, if you're not experiencing symptoms, uh, it doesn't mean that you're not infected and that you can't get infected. So please stay home and only go out for essential services. And when you do go out, uh, practice social distancing, staying six feet apart from everyone else as much as possible. I also want to announce today that our, our health officer, Dr. Davis, is ordering the temporary closure 
of all public trails and trailheads, as well as beaches, public beach parking lots, bike paths on the beach, and beach access points through a health officer order. This order is in line with our past efforts to slow the spread of COVID-19 throughout the county. It is crucial that we limit access to non-essential places where crowds have been gathering. And the order is effective immediately and runs through April 19th, 2020. I ask that you help us by not going to our beaches and not going on our hiking trails, uh, at least for the next few weeks, while we again try desperately to slow the spread of COVID-19. Many of our parks do remain open, so there are opportunities for people to go outside and enjoy our beautiful county, but only if we can all practice social distancing. We cannot use our public spaces, as beautiful as they are, as places where crowds will gather and people will socialize with others that aren't in their household unit. And I know how hard this is, and I know how isolated everyone feels, uh, but we're, we're in this together. We do it well, and we stand a chance at slowing the spread. We don't do it well, and our numbers can exponentially grow each and every day, which, again, as you know already, results in more loss of life and more people with serious illness. I want to remind everyone that the tools we have to slow the spread of COVID-19 are limited, and they require all of us uh, to, to be part of adhering to the guidance and the directives. The first ask we have is for you to socially distance and to stay home. Please stay home. You are safer at home, and others who are essential workers are safer if you stay home. Everyone should be staying home as much as possible and practicing social distancing when you're out to procure essential services. Uh, this always means keep your distance six feet apart from everyone else. The second tool is our tool to self-isolate. These are for people who have tested positive, are waiting for their test results, have had a provider tell them that they are likely to be COVID-19 positive, or people who have had mild illness. If you're in that group, you really need to self-isolate. And that means you have to stay at home and away from other people in your household for, 70, for seven days and 72 hours after your symptoms and your fever subside. No shopping, no hanging around with others in your household, and please try not to be the caregiver for either children in your household or the elderly. The third tool we have is self-quarantining, and this might be the hardest because oftentimes people have no symptoms and they feel fine, and we ask you to also stay home, stay away from other people, and to do this for 14 days. These are people who are close contacts of people who either have a confirmed case of COVID-19 or are presumed to be positive for COVID-19. This is a lot to ask. Uh, and I'm sorry to be the person that comes before you every day uh, letting you know how important it is for you to help us. But it is really important. And it's a good idea to prepare now and plan for how you'll manage in case you need to self-isolate or self-quarantine. Be sure you have two weeks' supply of essential medicines at your home. And now's the time to make arrangements for how you would get the necessities of life delivered to you if you, in fact, needed to quarantine or self-isolate. Uh, please do your part. Please try to adhere to the directives. 
uh, working together does save lives. Thank you very much, and I'll open it for questions. And as a reminder, if you do have questions, press 1, then 0 on your touchtone phone. You'll hear an indicator oh, that you've been placed in queue. Oh, before we go to questions, I'm totally sorry. I want to have uh, uh, Mr. Jones come up. He's uh, the director of Beaches and Harbor. We're getting an update from uh, Los Angeles County. Good afternoon. The oh, Department of Beaches operates and maintains many beaches along 25 miles of, count of the county's coastline. Last weekend, we saw thousands of people congregate on our beaches despite requests to stay safer at home. To discourage further unsafe gatherings along the coast, we removed volleyball nets and closed all beach parking lots. But given the spread of COVID-19 in this county, that is not enough. This morning, we began closing our beaches altogether and shuttering remaining beach amenities, including restrooms and the bike path. We are posting signs and taking other steps to notify beach patrons of the, these closures. We request that everyone abide by the health officer's order. For the health and safety of all Los Angeles residents, we cannot afford to see a repeat of last week's crowded beaches this holiday weekend. The risk of spreading COVID-19 is too great. Please stay home. Beaches and Harbor staff will be monitoring the coastline and coordinating with the lifeguards and local beach cities, including Malibu and the South Bay cities on this unprecedented closure. We will also be coordinating with the sheriff and local law enforcement agencies to ensure compliance with this order. Additionally, we are coordinating with the City of Los Angeles, the City of Santa Monica, and the state, which also operate beaches in the health officer's jurisdiction, and with the Department of Public Works, which operates the now-closed bike path. I want to acknowledge Supervisors Hahn and Kuehl in their leadership in, our, in assisting with the facilitation and coordination with the beach cities in their respective districts. I want also to express my appreciation for the work done by DBH crews 365 days a year to care for our iconic beaches, which are an indelible part of the fabric of Southern California and known throughout the world. The mission of the men and women of our department is caring for our coast, and they will do so throughout this pandemic. But now is also the time for us to care for one another, to care for ourselves, and to care for our community. If we help each other now, we'll be back at the beaches soon. Thank you. And now we're ready for questions. And as a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question, press 1, then 0 on your touchtone phone. You'll hear an indicator you've been placed in queue, and you may remove yourself from the queue by repeating the 1, then 0 command. As a reminder, please pick up your handset and make sure your phone is unmuted when, pick, when pressing your buttons. Our first question will come from the line of Jim Roop with Westwood One Radio Network. Go ahead. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. The situation that I am seeing at food preparing places, restaurants that are making food for uh, takeout and, and uh, delivery, I'm still seeing, uh, for instance, I, I saw at a drive through window uh, an employee take money from a, uh, a patron and then go put french fries in a bag and their palm touching the french fries. Uh, I'm seeing uh, not really a whole lot of uh, sanitizing going on. They're wiping counters with the same damn cloth 
damp, I, I said, and they are, uh, they're not wearing gloves, they're not wearing masks. So what are these restaurants being told uh, to enable them to not facilitate the spread uh, and protect themselves? And then has there been any thought to recruiting uh, medical students, nursing students, to help take up the slack from our healthcare workers, uh, the medical students, uh, the student nurses could do triage or take vitals of patients, not, not COVID-19 patients, but other patients to kind of ease the burden there. Has there been a thought about medical students being recruited? Yeah, thanks so much for your questions. Um, and, and absolutely, medical students are being recruited uh, for a variety of, of tasks and we totally and, and nursing students. And I want to, you know, again, a big shout out uh, to folks who are volunteering. You know, I know we have a group that are helping us at the public health department. And I know that they're helping with some of the work in the shelters as well as some of the work in the other health care facilities. So, uh, yes, a great suggestion. And um, and we appreciate all of those who have stepped up and, and offered their services. In terms of your first uh, question around what are we doing to make sure that uh, those who are working in restaurants, uh, providing us with takeout and delivery services, are doing everything they can uh, to be protected. Uh, if they're a worker, employers need to obviously make sure that uh, all of the places adhere to all of the regulations. None of the regulations around safety uh, at restaurants have been relaxed at all. And uh, we have our inspectors out doing two things. One is they're out doing their inspections uh, and making sure that restaurants are safe places uh, and that the food that we get from those restaurants uh, is prepared uh, under the tightest regulations that we have. So, you know, a note to all, um, we're out there, our inspectors continue to do their work on inspecting uh, all of the food facilities. Uh, the second part of that, though, is we do have a whole group of inspectors that are responding to complaints as always, I, I want to note that we've always had a complaint line uh, where uh, folks can go online and they can go to our call center and note that they see something inappropriate at a restaurant, and uh, that will um, make uh, it possible for us to know about it and send a team out to investigate. So that service is still available, and many of you know because we've actually responded to over 3,000 uh, calls or people coming in on the on our website, uh, filing complaints and asking us to follow up. A lot of those were for places that were not in compliance, but some, like you just noted, is, are, are the regular concerns we get every day about places not adhering to sort of basic infection control protocols. So I, I thank you for that question. We'll take the next question now. A question will come from the line of Claudia Pesciuto with KNX Radio. Go ahead. Barbara, I have two questions for you. We're hearing that the health department is shutting down restaurants that are trying to get through the crisis by operating as grocery stores, that they're being shut down because they don't have the proper license to operate as a grocery store. And then also um, I wanted you to respond to this L.A. Times report that nursing homes are not taking in people who are being discharged from the hospital if they can't provide a cure test, i.e. to negative uh, COVID-19 test? Um, so, um, so in terms of the first question, you know, uh, there are licensing requirements. Those also have not been relaxed for public health and safety reasons. Uh, we're working with, with everyone we can so that they can come into compliance with the requirements, but we're also very mindful 
uh, that there are licensing requirements to operate a grocery store, and they're there to protect all of us. So, uh, so I think um, I don't know the particulars of this situation. I know we would we would love to have a lot of flexibility, but not at the cost of creating uh, additional problems uh, with exposures to to other germs uh, to people, and that there are strict requirements in place uh, for folks to be able to operate safely a, a grocery store. Um, the latter issue is complicated. Uh, at the very beginning, um, the Centers for Disease Control did put out guidance that asked for what you call the cure test, and it was two negatives, uh, and uh, they had to be 24 hours apart. Obviously, because there's not enough testing going around, it's been very, very hard to actually have that happen. Uh, and uh, CDC actually modified their guidance, but I know that many nursing homes want to make sure, because they have so many vulnerable residents staying there, that there's no way that they're introducing the possibility of an infection um, into uh, a facility that's for people who are medically fragile. We're trying to work with nursing homes and hospitals to figure out a better solutions, because the current solution is that we have people who could be moved to what we call a step-down facility, don't need hospital care, in the hospitals, uh, taking up beds. Um, but I'll, we'll get back to you. We're trying to work on some solutions that make it possible for us not to have people taking up hospital beds, uh, but we do need to have safe places for them to go, and they have to be places where people can be isolated uh, until we figure out that they're, in fact, um, uh, COVID-19 free. And we have to get some more consensus on how that's supposed to happen when we're not able to test everyone. Next question. We'll go next to that'll come from the line of David Lopez with channels two and nine. Go ahead. Doctor, good afternoon. A couple of questions, if I may, on on the people who have uh, passed away, uh, are all of them with pre-existing conditions, and are you keeping any record of the number of positives who have pre-existing conditions? It's uh, your second question is an interesting question. And the answer is no. Um, we have some information uh, on some of the cases. You know, we do try to in we do try to interview every single case still, uh, and we do try to get information, and we do try to tag people who may be at higher risk um, for uh, more serious illness. Uh, but I don't have like the numbers to give you. We're not sort of compiling that information and putting it on our spreadsheets right now. It's really being used primarily uh, to inform decisions around the care for particular individuals. Uh, but I can ask my team, uh, Dave, to go back and look at, see if you give us a few days what we can pull together from the data that we have. Um, and your second question was, remind me. About the, fatal about the fatalities, Doctor. The, yeah. Those who have died, yeah. are all of them pre-existing conditions? Um, I have to get back to you. Uh, most of them are, but I'm uh, not being specific today because there are some, there are some deaths that we're still gathering information about um, whether or not there were pre-existing conditions. And, you know, I, I really I heard from one of the families that we have to be very, very careful about how we're reporting on this. So I want to be respectful now. We want to complete the medical record reviews and make sure that we're not uh, inappropriately uh, speaking about the conditions about particular people who have passed. So, so we, we, you know, every day I try to update you. I mean, today I tried to update you on 
the lack of information we had from yesterday, but I did need to verify that information. Take the next question. One more Dave, you could you could keep. I think you're still on, Dave. Next question. We'll go next to the line of Sonia Car- uh, Carla Manton with the LA Times. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Barbara. There was a University of Washington study released this week that projected the outbreak in California peaking on April 24th, and I'm just wondering, based on when the social distancing measures went into effect, the trends we're seeing now. If there are any similar projections for what we might, when we might peak in LA County, and what, you know, taking into account that there are a lot of unknowns, what we should be telling the public about how to interpret projections like this? Yeah, I, I'll try to go to the latter one because it's a little bit easier to answer. Um, so the modeling is only as good as the data you have to enter into the the sort of the model, um, and uh, we're really at a disadvantage here in LA County and the rest of California because we just haven't done a lot of testing yet. As we get uh, more and more test results back, we're able to have a better sense of, uh, you know, sort of what we call spread. How easily is this spreading? You know, we call it an attack rate. We really need to understand that better. But we do need uh, some more data points in order for our models to be uh, as useful as we'd like them to be. That being said... Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that we have another couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks, of uh, the numbers increasing here in L.A. County. Uh, I think those projections are probably on target, um, given what we're seeing. I mean, you could see I reported a tripling uh, in the number of cases over the last six days. And I think we're going to continue to see a doubling, at least a doubling of cases every four to six days. Um, given what we know about uh, spread from other places and given what our numbers are. We have lots and lots of people who are tested positive. And if you just do those numbers alone and the math on those numbers, you can see that that we're likely to have um, a lot of people here that are going to be infected over the next three weeks. Um, and, And that being said, the most important thing, I think, for the public on the modeling is to really understand the seriousness of, of what lies in front of us, which is large numbers of people can easily get infected if we're not doing everything in our power to make that a little bit harder. Um, none of us have immunity, and that's a real disadvantage uh, when you have uh, a virus uh, like COVID-19 uh, that's so, that seems to be so easily spread when people are in close contact with each other. And the numbers can get huge, which means the implications for the healthcare system are equally dramatic. Uh, And uh, without slowing the spread, we could easily overwhelm uh, our system here in L.A. County and the entire healthcare system in California. So uh, that's why we plead with people, uh, really help us, do your part. Uh, We don't have the exact numbers, but whatever numbers we give you right now, uh, the truth is we're going to continue to see a lot more cases, and the truth is it's only by each of us taking some pretty dramatic actions right now that we have any chance to slow the spread. So thanks for your question. Go on to the next question. For our next question, we'll move to the line of Patrick Healy with KMBC. Go ahead, please. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll have one question for Supervisor Barger, but first a couple for uh, Dr. Ferrer. Number one, can you yet confirm the three institutions under investigation uh, there have been any deaths. 
question number two, the positive test rate at only 11% seems to imply that perhaps with better focusing, we could, we could stretch those tests and not have to test so many negative people, not squander those tests. The third question for the supervisor is, who is in charge of the emergency operations? Is it Hamai McGowan or Sheriff Bianaway? So let me let me go to the easier question, uh, which is: Were there any deaths in those three nursing nursing homes? At this point, uh, there aren't, but there are people obviously in those nursing homes who are ill. So we'll we'll again, uh, you know, be able to report uh, on a regular basis about the outcomes. Um, in terms of the second question. Remind me that was about uh, the testing. Totally agree. I mean, we've been saying yeah. all along, like when you don't have enough testing, uh, we really need to make sure that people who are symptomatic and have talked with their provider and their provider knows what their symptoms are, uh, make a, a good decision about uh, not wasting scarce resources. So we're 100% in agreement with you. And we, uh, we have sent out information to all the providers asking them to also do their part and help us make sure that we are using this very scarce resource very wisely because it really pains us when we know there are people in the hospital uh, who got tested today and are now going to wait six to eight days to get their results uh, because the test got sent to Quest and there are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people who were tested who are in front of them but actually were asymptomatic, taking up the time of the Quest lab to process those specimens when we really need to process the specimens uh, very quickly for the people who are in your hospitals. So, so we share that concern and we ask again providers to help and, and for all of the public, uh, desperate to get tested and we totally understand that. Uh, but there still is a scarcity of testing and we need to prioritize those who are symptomatic. I'm going to now uh, have Supervisor Barger. So that question is easy. Under the current charter it is, or under the current code, it is um, the sheriff so that, that's who's in charge. Correct, but the board is trying to change that, correct? Well, as I've stated, uh, in November, the board took action to align it to reflect more what's done in other counties, and that is to allow the Office of Emergency Management to be run by uh, the individual that runs it on a day-in and day-out basis when they're not even in incident command. So uh, that was decided in November and is moving forward. I was supposed to be voted on March 17th, but now, because the board meeting was canceled, is going to be uh, uh, on the agenda for Tuesday. And that would be immediate if passed Tuesday? Uh, correct. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. We'll go next to the line of Caleb Lunetto with Signal Newspaper. Go ahead. Hi, thank you. Um, right now, uh, we've been hearing about shifting numbers um, at the local level in terms of the backlog of tests. Um, and I'm just kind of curious to see, I don't know if you've answered this yet, but are there any models out there that you guys are putting out that talk about how many tests will be done on a daily basis, say, in one week, and then how many tests will be done in two weeks and when that will be accessible down to the local level? Dr. Ferrer will answer that, I think. <laughs> um, actually, you know, Dr. Kazan has been doing a brilliant job uh, trying to create exactly the system you're asking for so that we can actually predict what the daily number of tests uh, that we have capacity to do in the county will be. 
I know he'll be back with us early next week. Uh, he's off right now, uh, actually working with our city partners to make sure that what we do offer is is a system that's uh, that's fairly contiguous across the entire county and that really prioritizes access to those who need it the most while we have the scarcity, but does in fact recognize that uh, all, all of us uh, need an improvement in the number of tests that we're able to perform every day and that uh, we also need faster turnaround times. You're also looking at other kinds of tests that don't require uh, as much PPE, uh, they're swabs that people could use themselves. Um, but I, I would, uh, you know, if you don't mind waiting a little, I know Dr. Kazan will be back with us either Monday or Tuesday, and he'll report out with way more detail on, uh, on testing capacity across the county. We're going to take uh, the next question. And that question will come from the line of Annabelle Munoz with ABC7. Go ahead, please. Hi, uh, this question is for uh, Supervisor Barker, and uh, the second part of it is for Dr. Ferrer. This is a follow-up on Monday's announcement that the city has secured additional testing, uh, testing about 20,000 tests that they were planning on finishing by the end of the month in partnership with the county, by the end of the week, rather. So if you have an update on those tests, um, if they were able to complete that many tests for those specific funds, and then the second question is for Dr. Ferrer. In terms of the mortality rate, you, you mentioned that it's higher than New York and higher than the country mortality rate. Do you consider that that is possibly because of the low testing we have? So on the first part of the question, uh, the kits that were purchased uh, or committed to be purchased at 20,000, not all those tests have been administered. Dr. Kazan um, will be here next week to go over what the game plan is because we've been putting structure in place. But as he had mentioned at the um, time when we purchased them, that building capacity within the labs is also an important component to this. It's not just about having kits. It's about the ability to process them and also to even administer the test um, to those individuals um, that are determined eligible to be tested. So I promise you next week we will have Dr. Kazan here to go over specifically how this all is being rolled out. But I don't think the intention was ever to have all 20,000 tests done by the end of the week. And if that was the impression, I think uh, I apologize for that. That was not uh, the way it was envisioned. So then I'll let Dr. Furrer answer the second part. Yeah, it's a good question on mortality rates. Uh, so two things to note. One is... We still, uh, relatively speaking, because obviously for the families that are losing their loved ones, this, this makes no sense. But relative to other places, we still have uh, a small number of deaths here in the county. Um, and you're right, uh, we also don't do a lot of testing. Um, and that really would have an impact on whether or not uh, this mortality rate actually reflects a reality. Um, if you're only testing people who are seriously ill, you're going to have a higher mortality rate um, because you're not capturing any of the people who are COVID-19 positive who may have mild illness or even less severe illness. So this doesn't really uh, mean it's the truth, but because we're all in this space right now of not having enough testing capacity, it does give you a sense of why we're worried uh, about the danger of having rapid increases in the number of cases because it is associated right now with a significantly higher death rate than what we usually see, for example, for influenza. We're going to take Thank one you. more question. 
And that question will come from the line of Chris Weber with Associated Press. Go ahead, please. Thanks, Dr. Ferrer. Apologies if you already addressed this. I missed some of it. Um, but the, the day's rise in cases is significant, of course, but it's also significantly less than yesterday's increase. I wonder if you're able to account for that. Is that just back to the testing that you were talking about? It is. And also on the beach, on the beach closures, can Mr. Jones tell us what the enforcement might look like? Will, will police be patrolling the beaches, those sorts of things? Sure. I'll, I'll definitely have Mr. Jones answer um, the second question. So, you know, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, uh, one day we'll get uh, tons and tons of lab reports that will come in for Quest, for example, and then the next day we might get a much smaller number. I think as the labs figure out, you know, their own capacity, uh, both to process the specimens and then to report in a timely way, we've got these fluctuations. You'll notice I usually try to give sort of a two-day average. I mean, the two-day number as well because I think that's a little bit more accurate and today I spoke about what it looked like for the last six days so people can understand in aggregate what we're looking at. Um, but I agree with you. Some of the fluctuations that we report are really due to how test reports come back to us. With regards to your question um, on enforcement, uh, enforcement will take the shape of many forms uh, across the, the different jurisdictions that comprise the Los Angeles coastline. Um, that, that will include the sheriff's office and the various uh, PDs uh, with the cities. Um, the Department of Beaches and Harbors staff also has code enforcement officers who will continue to patrol along with our our operating crews, um, and we will um, essentially um, be a public information source and, and goodwill ambassadors, if you like, um, to try and in ensure that the public are abiding um, by this health order. Um, the coastline is, is long. There, there are obviously lots of access points to the beaches, um, so we, we really do need people to follow this order and to realize that it is for our benefit, our entire benefit. Um, and we will continue to coordinate with, with each of the city jurisdictions and beach operated jurisdictions uh, on enforcement. And there you go. That's Brian Jones, head of uh, parks for the county of Los Angeles. Parks, trailheads, beaches, bike paths are all going to be closed this weekend. Uh, just in an attempt... According to L.A. County officials, an attempt to maintain the progress that has been made when it comes to social distancing and making sure that people stay safe at home. Dr. Barbara Ferrer, public health director for L.A. County, announced five new deaths in L.A. County. Uh, all of them were people over the age of 60, uh, that there were 257 new positive tests that came in. So at L.A. County now, we're at 1,465 positive tests However, that does not include the 16 new cases reported today by Long Beach. And I don't know why Long Beach's numbers are not being counted in this. Hmm. It's odd, right? Uh, she also mentioned that out of all the people in the ICU with this thing, 70 percent are older than 60. Yeah, the, those numbers uh, in terms of she's, she keeps pointing out that the I think she said the majority of cases are between the ages of 18 and 60 or 18 and 59, whichever number she used. And we were talking about this the last couple of days. Statistically, those are the largest populations we have. I mean, demographically, when you break it down by decade, those are – and her point is not to say it's affecting those people more. It's just that it is very present in those populations, in those age groups, 
to get the word out there that this is affecting everyone. Um, again, she did say that the mortality rate in L.A. County is somewhere close to 2%. It's below that, but it's close to 2%. But it is a misleading number to a degree because we're only counting the fatalities right. compared to the number of people who have tested positive. So that is, yes, it is high. I mean, close to 2% is ridiculously high for something like this. We're not comparing it to the bigger number, which is how many people have been infected by this, who have gone through the process, who ha- who currently have it and don't even know it. That's a better mortality rate to um, to get into. All right, coming up next, we will go live to D.C. An unprecedented $2.2 trillion relief package has been passed by the House We will get an update on all of the fighting that went on on the way to that bill being passed. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. At the top of the hour, we expect the governor and the mayor. No one's going to want these organs. The governor of uh, California and the mayor of L.A. are expected to hold a news conference down near the port of L.A., where the USNS Mercy, the Navy hospital ship, has shown up and is docked. How I about- have breaking news. Okay. Get it? Disney. Yeah. It says Disneyland and California Adventure will, re- Adventure will remain closed until further notice. Well, yeah, they have to. I hate that. I'm sorry, Amy. I know they have to. We'll have Gary sing to you It's a Small World oh, coming up later. God. How about a little bit of normalcy Horrible. with some Swamp Swamp Wash. Heard that in a while. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Well, the House today debated that $2.2 trillion package that should be throwing a life preserver to the U.S. economy. Andrew Dimbert is joining us live from Washington, D.C. This is going to be headed to the president's desk, and we know he's going to sign it, right? And he's going to be signing it, actually, in just a couple of minutes here. He announced at 4 p.m., you know, our time here in D.C., he's going to go ahead and sign it. And uh, there was, you know, there was an interesting shakeup in the House today. Uh, It was supposed to pass by just a voice vote meaning it would be just quick after it came out of the Senate and five arduous days of negotiations. It was supposed to speed through the House to get to the president's desk, which it did. But there was a holdup. There was one lone House member, Representative Thomas Macy of Kentucky, who tried to hold up the entire bill. He uh, tried to call for uh, uh, a full vote, meaning he wanted all 435 members of the House to come back to D.C. Many of them are not here. They're in their states dealing with their districts. There are also obviously stay-at-home orders. Some are self-quarantining. He really threatened to hold this thing up by maybe another week or two. If he had done that, then everybody would have to come back to D.C. They'd debate it, make amendments, send it back to the Senate. It was a whole. It was a whole. It could have been a whole mess. But Speaker Nancy Pelosi quickly gathered enough members to the House for this vote to block Thomas Macy here from from stopping this bill altogether. And it just passed by the narrowest of margins. And here we go. It's about to be law. When are they saying that uh, Americans are going to be receiving those checks? So it's still uh, hard to say just because it's going to be a logistical. It's going to come down to logistics. But Steve Mnuchin said the other day, Treasury Secretary, that he would like to get checks to Americans within three weeks of this being signed into law. We know it's going to be signed here any minute now. So Hopefully within the next three weeks, the very, very latest language in the bill would say July 31st, but uh, no one expects it'll take that long. It should be a relatively quick process. And 
for most people, it will be a direct deposit. So if you filed your taxes already, your 2019 taxes, and you opted for direct deposit to receive your return, then you don't have to do anything. If you make less than $75,000 a year, you'll just get a direct deposit from the federal government for $1,200. And if you haven't filed your 2019 taxes just yet, that's okay. You don't have to. It'll just go based off of your 2018 income. Uh, this uh, this congressman from Kentucky is taking a, a whole earload of criticism. The president, former Secretary of State John Kerry, have chimed in. Uh, does this guy survive this? Well, I mean, the criticism is deservedly so because you, know, you have to remember, even though this, this bill came out of the Senate, there was still House input for the last week or two. There was input everywhere from Democrats to Republicans, House and senators. Uh, the president as well, you know, the president's team, the White House also chimed in. You know, they really hammered out the big, big details. And the whole reason that he wanted to hold it up, the only reason is he said he wanted the whole House to be there. And now, you know, he's come out and said that, uh, you know, uh, this is some conspiracy, that uh, something's wrong here, that there wasn't quorum. And there was. I mean, there's no conspiracy. There were enough members there to get this past the House. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the criticism he's taking is is this fair. He's a jackass. I mean, trying to <laughs> use this moment to get notoriety is just criminal, really. Uh, Andrew Dimbert, ABC News, thanks so much for joining us from D.C. We Thank you. We are awaiting an update from Gavin Newsom and Eric Garcetti as well. We're going to try n- not to lose our lunches. Yes. They're going to speak firmly. And with conviction. Ish. Maybe. We'll see. Gary and Channel will continue right after this. I thought there was going to be a punchline to that. Like, You know what? That story was not worth the way it started. Like, oh, I, I, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I didn't recognize you from this view. <laughs> uh, Governor Newsom is about to hold a news conference with Eric Garcetti, some other L.A. officials. He has just signed an executive order barring eviction of renters affected by the coronavirus. He had earlier authorized local jurisdictions to take those actions, but now it's statewide uh, renter protection. We've also been waiting to see the president. He's expected to sign into law the $2 trillion COVID-19 relief package and uh, is expected to make some comments if and when he does that from the White House. We will uh, we will bring that to you. But again, the governor and the mayor out at the port of L.A. is believed to be where they're going to be doing a news conference to talk about the USNS Mercy that's now at the port of L.A. In fact, the, uh, the cruise ship terminal there. Uh, and it will be caring for non-coronavirus patients to ease some of the strain and free up some of the beds from hospitals around L.A. And I, just just an idea of how big this ship is and the capacity, it is technically the largest hospital currently in Los Angeles. Looks, it's empty right now, but, uh, but there will be plenty of patients in there. Looks like the Dow closed down about 4%, but did hold on to those weekly gains after that three-day rally this week. Um, but there was a question for Dr. Barbara Ferrer in the L.A. County update that we got that I was looking into. Uh, it was about a specific report. Uh, I'll just say that uh, Dr. Ferrer mentioned 257 new cases in L.A. County, so we're up to 1,465, along with five new deaths, all of them over the age of 60. 
the mortality rate, she said, was close to about 2% here in L.A. But again, it's only that mortality rate is only compared to the actual positive tests. So 1,465 and our deaths right now, uh, I think, at 26. Um, the There was a question posed to Dr. Ferrer about a peak and when we might see the light at the end of the tunnel and all of this. And this was done by the University of Washington, the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. And according to this data, an, uh, the number of hospitalized patients would peak nationally the second week of April, nationally. Although in some states, they're saying that the peak in the local states could come later than that. That some people could continue to die of coronavirus as late as July, although deaths should be below the epidemic levels of 10 per day by June at the very latest, at the latest. Now, the the thing that Dr. Ferrer mentioned in response to a question about this study was, these models are only as good as the information that you put in. All right, let's see. Uh, Governor Newsom is at the podium there. They're at the port of L.A. in front of the USNS Mercy. Uh, these men and women were quite literally called up a few days ago, came from hospitals all over the state of California and the region, and came together under the order uh, of President Donald Trump. And I want to just thank the president personally, on behalf of a grateful region, on behalf of a grateful state, uh, for sending this ship uh, and the incredible resources uh, that reside within this ship to the state of California. could not have happened soon enough, and it would not simply have happened without his support and leadership. The fact that we are able to turn this around in a few days is a demonstrable example of leadership at every level of government, including uh, our FEMA representatives, Bob Fenton, who is here, uh, the head of the Office of Emergency Services, uh, who is here, and the incredible leadership here at the port, uh, and your mayor in Los Angeles, uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti, who will be speaking in just a moment. Uh, I want to just thank everybody uh, throughout this region uh, for supporting uh, the remarkable asset that now is pre-positioned to help us with the surge of COVID-19 positive cases uh, that are impacting not only the state but the rest of our nation. A 26% increase yesterday in the number of new uh, patients with COVID ID, uh, uh, COVID-19. We now are seeing uh, a spike uh, that we were anticipating, that we were modeling, but that we were substantively preparing for. And part of that preparation uh, is exampled with the ship you see behind me. Uh, the capacity of up to 1,000 beds uh, within that ship at the peak consideration, about 550 uh, at the lower end, and we could talk more about the operation and any questions that people may have. It's just one of many assets that we're already pre-positioning throughout the state of California. Uh, we now have identified four sites for the medical field stations. Uh, we are the beneficiary of eight of those sites, 2,000 rooms, because of the support of the administration. Uh, those sites are going up. Two of them will be operational uh, within the next few days. Uh, we are pleased to have procured hundreds and hundreds of hospital beds throughout the state of California. Seton in Northern California now is operational. St. Vincent down here in Southern California. Uh, we have procured uh, the asset. Now we're working uh, to get the resources, the personal protective gear, uh, and the staffing uh, to make that fully operational. Uh, we are in the process now of having secured roughly 4,000 beds of some type. 
uh, to prepare for the surge, which we believe will start taking shape in the next week or two uh, based upon our modeling. We haven't been waiting. Uh, we have been preparing. And I could not be more pleased and proud uh, of our hospital system themselves. They've begun to decompress the system throughout the state. That system has a capacity of 75,000 beds, 416 hospitals in the state of California. They've been reducing the number of patients uh, in that system. Uh, by eliminating elected surgeries uh, and because of our stay-at-home order and the incredible leadership at the local level represented throughout the state of California, uh, we've seen a reduction in trauma-related surgeries and emergency department uh, numbers. And as a consequence of that, we're not only surging our overall capacity in the state to meet the need going forward, but we've been able to reduce the current census within the hospital system also in preparation to meet this moment. That moment includes not only the physical assets and the human resources that reside here at the Mercy, but also making sure uh, that we have appropriate personal protective gear. Uh, the state of California has already released throughout the system 31.7 million N95 masks. We now have procured, we have literally procured in the system and is being delivered 101 million additional N95 masks. We have distributed 1.4 million sets of gloves. We have procured an additional 1.5 million sets of gloves. I could continue through coveralls and gowns, but you get the picture. This state is asserting itself, taking responsibility to meet this moment. We're not pointing fingers. Uh, we're not clenching our fists. Uh, we have our hand out absolutely to the public sector and the private sector. And I just want to reinforce the private sector. Uh, Elon Musk is a perfect example of that, uh, procuring 1,225 ventilators and getting them out into our system. Uh, the ability and capacity for companies large and small, from Apple uh, to Virgin uh, to Facebook uh, to Google and others that have stepped up to meet this moment, Airbnb, uh, providing now uh, safe and clean assets so our first responders and our medical care providers uh, will have a place to stay near, in and around their patients. Just examples, proof points of people stepping up and stepping in. We have roughly 4,095 ventilators that we've identified or already have uh, in our possession. 815 of additional ventilators are being refurbished. So that's close to 5,000. Our goal is to get to 10,000. And while we haven't received any directly uh, from the federal government, L.A. County did receive 170 directly, which certainly helps support our efforts. And we'll look forward to having more robust conversations to receive additional ventilators. Uh, we are running currently a hospital system uh, that has today in the census earlier this morning, 746 individuals that are hospitalized, 200 in the ICU. However, we have over 4,180 individuals, 4,180 individuals that are what we call PUIs, which are persons under investigation that are in the hospital system, but that have not been formally diagnosed as positive with COVID-19. And so that hospitalization number does not include the number subset 
of those that are awaiting tests. And we continue to make this point. And while we've all struggled across this country to get these RNA extraction kits, the reagents, uh, and deal with the diagnostic side, we're also struggling with swabs uh, and the media related to those swabs and the transfer of that media. Uh, and that remains an issue. But because of leadership of Mayor Garcetti, leaders of mayors uh, across the state of California, our total testing numbers have increased significantly. Total tests in the state uh, as of this morning, 88,400. It's over 10,000 tests every single day. But here's the problem, and it goes specifically to the issue of those persons under investigation. Those PUIs are waiting for test results, and in some cases, these test results are coming back six, seven, eight days later. We've got to increase our throughput, not only on the diagnostic side, on the testing, but ultimately getting those tests and that information back into the system, back into the hospitals, so that they can transport people, triage those individuals. Uh, throughout the system and back out to the extent they're tested negative uh, into uh, community care. So we are making progress on every front. We're not waiting around. Uh, we don't believe our fate is predetermined. Uh, we don't think the future just happens. It's not something to experience. It's something to manifest. And it's our capacity, individual capacity, to continue to make good decisions on physical distancing and continue to maintain our strict standards in the state of California as it relates to our stay-at-home orders that we must continue to advance. And if we do, we can bend that curve. We can meet that moment, continue hour by hour, minute by minute to do more of what you see behind me in terms of laying the foundation of preparation as only this state can at this scale of responsibility and expectation uh, so that we can save lives and we ultimately can meet this moment uh, working collaboratively and working together. I'll just close before I pass it over to Mayor Garcetti uh, by just saying this. The spirit of collaboration, the spirit of cooperation is alive and well in this state. Uh, people, uh, unprecedented number of people offering uh, themselves to meet this moment in terms of procuring resources, but all with a deep resourceful mindset. And all of us deeply anxious in recognition of the nature of the number of tests that remain outstanding and the need to continue much more broad and detailed community surveillance, expanding our testing capacity so that we can really model uh, our ability to meet this moment in a much more dynamic way, targeted testing, widespread testing, so that we can ultimately triage and move people throughout the system. That said, uh, we have outstanding leadership and one of those uh, that demonstrably has met this moment and has been an incredible partner to the state of California is Mayor Eric Garcetti here in Los Angeles. And there hasn't been a day where he hasn't reached out and connected with the state, uh, again, offering a collaborative spirit, offering insight, advice, and counsel, uh, and providing that to our team in real time. And I cannot say enough about his leadership at this moment and candidly more broadly. And I'm pleased and privileged now to ask him to the mic uh, and talk a little bit more about how he helped get this ship here and how he is responsible for this port and its operations uh, and how proud I know he is of the team that he has assembled. Mayor. Usually we'd, we'd embrace. And uh, this governor is not just California's governor, but he's become America's governor the first governor to take the moves that we needed in this country and to lead the way. 
And as you can hear, with no notes and anything else, a man who is leading this state. And I just want to say on behalf of my city governor, and I know the mayors that I speak to every single day, that we are so proud to have you leading this fight with us and for you to be alongside. I also want to thank the governor for why the ship is here, and I'm going to get to the ship in a moment. But I know the conversations he had directly with our president and vice president is why we have today a ship that now will be the largest hospital in Los Angeles at its full capacity. And at its capacity today, we'll add a third more available beds and at full capacity, two thirds more beds to the fight here in Los Angeles. You know, we're used to having the Navy here in this port, America's port. This port is responsible for 43% of the goods that come into America by sea. It's good not just for California, but for this entire nation. And we know the Navy because this was a great Navy port. And each year we celebrate during our fleet week the amazing men and women of our Navy, Marines, our Coast Guard, who defend us every single day. In fact, just footsteps away from here is the USS Iowa, one of the most powerful symbols of this nation's might, a battleship that carried a president in World War II to meet with his allies, a place that today symbolizes our forward strength. But the strength of a nation isn't just the warships we have. It's also the strength of, and the capacity of the mercy that we give one another. And to have the United States Naval Ship Mercy here today, I want to thank the president. I want to thank our senators. I want to thank everybody who had a role. Our supervisor, Janice Hahn, our local council member, Joe Buscaino, and everybody who made this happen. And it is docking here in a port led by Gene Soroka and Chief Gazy and our port police that is making sure that the men and women who are in there can focus on our health while we protect theirs. Here, this will be a ship that will take patients in, as the Admiral will say in a moment, I'm sure, this will be a COVID-19 free bubble. But by every person who comes in, whether transported from a direct accident or something like that, or from a hospital, every bed not taken in Los Angeles by the great work of the men and women here will mean one more bed for the surge that the governor spoke about. And so this truly is mercy on the water. This truly is mercy at the beds. This truly is mercy and the expression of who we are as Americans and as people at this moment. And I'm just so grateful that each one of us can step up at this moment and do something to help each other. I'll come back and say some words in Spanish and I'll do my usual evening briefing, but I wanted to be here to welcome those men and women and to thank them and everybody who had a hand. But let me turn it over to at Rear Admiral John Gumbleton, who's the commander of Expeditionary Strike Group 3. I served 12 and a half years in the Navy, and in the Navy I once it's was able to get on board this ship. about you. I saw what its amazing capacity He's been on that is. Ship. And make God. no mistake, as the governor said, when my fellow sailors got that notice that they needed to get their sea bags, leave their families, leave their loved ones, and come here to take care of our city, Admiral. Let me say how grateful all of us are and that this is a ship that is full of angels in this city no. of angels. No, The Admiral has been in charge no. of all the logistics on the Navy side to make this happen. 
And let me turn the microphone over to him and say thank you on behalf of a grateful city. Yeah, let him clean up your mess here. Let him Jesus, say Marianne some things Joseph. that a man would say. Thank you, Mayor Garcetti, and thank you, Governor Newsom, for having such uh, having me here today. Uh, the men and women of the USNS Mercy in the United States Navy were honored to be here, here in Los Angeles, supporting FEMA, the state of California, and the city in this ongoing COVID-19 crisis. You know, the Mercy behind me is uniquely outfitted for humanitarian assistance and disaster relief. One of the Navy's core missions these ships perform around the world. Our embarked medical professionals are highly skilled and trained and ready to support COVID-19 response efforts. And as said before, by providing care to patients in need of treatment not related to COVID-19. In that regard, they will, in effect, serve as a relief valve, allowing local hospitals to increase their focus on treating COVID-19 patients. We're extremely proud to be part of this whole-of-government approach to response and to serve the great people of our nation and the state of California. And with that, I'll turn it over to the governor. Thank you. Short, sweet. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Thank you to Captain right. Quinn as well. We're going to wrap uh, that up. Uh, Governor Newsom and uh, Mayor Garcetti there out in front of USNS Mercy down at the Port of L.A. Uh, now is not <laughs> a time to be the way cute. of each other. Now, and they're slobbering over each other. I was going like to mention nobody's business. I was going to mention this. Uh, Governor Newsom has given up a lot of the the weird uh, vocal, I don't know, burn and sing songy nature of his speeches in the he last has. few days. And I think it's because he understands the, the necessary gravity of this situation right. that we're in. Eric Garcetti, who's a Rhodes Scholar, is getting up there saying things like, it truly really is mercy on the water. Yes, it's mercy, mercy in our port. It, it's, this, a, it's a, it's a ship, ship full, of, a, angels full of, angels of angels in the city of angels. Now is not the time for speech writing and trying to be cute with your verbiage, for the love of God. We were right, though. He has been on that ship. He also made it about him. I was in the Navy for 14 years. I've been on this ship. You get points for not making it about you in a time of crisis. Yeah. And you just lost about 16. I don't know why I settled points? on 16. That's yeah. interesting. Is that a penalty? Just... Yes. Oh. Negative. Okay. Uh... The president has issued an order to force General Motors to produce those ventilators now under that Defense Production Act. Yeah, I saw this. Uh to accept, perform, and prioritize federal contracts for ventilators. He had tweeted about Ford and General Motors earlier today saying, hey, where are these ventilators you guys promised? Let's get on the, let's get on this. So now he's uh, apparently utilized the Defense Production Act for the first time to force them to do that and to get these uh, ventilators out and about. When we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, local business that you can help out, Creekas Deli and Subs. First, I want to remind you that this weekend was supposed to be the 2020 iHeart Music Awards, but obviously that's not going to take place. So iHeart has teamed up with Fox to present the iHeart Living Room Concert for America to pay tribute to the frontline medical professionals, the first responders, others who are working to get help to those affected. It's going to come up on Sunday, to, uh, this weekend, Sunday the 29th, 6 o'clock our time on Fox and a bunch of our broadcast radio stations as well and on the iHeartRadio app. Alicia Keys, Elton John, Backstreet Boys, Billie Eilish, Billy Joe Armstrong, Green Day, Camilla Cabello, Dave Grohl, Mariah Carey, Sam Smith, Tim McGraw, Sierra, Demi Lovato, Lizzo, all of these people. Uh, they'll be encouraging you to give donations to Feeding America and the First Responders Children's Foundation, two of the many charities that are helping victims and first responders. And again, that's Sunday, 6 o'clock on 
all of the Fox stations and all a lot of the iHeart stations and the iHeart Radio app. Coming up next, we will talk with a local small business about how they are surviving. I wonder what Eric Garcetti would brand this segment. Something cute, like a small business spotlight. A, or, hand, uh, a hand out and a hand up. Yes. Angels with angels in the city of angels. In mercy. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. The president has signed that $2.2 trillion stimulus bill to provide payments to most Americans and the uh, businesses that have been hit by this thing pretty damn hard. We will uh, see how long this uh, is going to last, but that's going to make a big difference in terms of the struggling economy. One of the things that we've tried to do over these last several days is also highlight some of the local businesses, especially restaurants that have been struggling to get through uh, the safer at home, the the laws against uh, in-person dining at restaurants. And today's is uh, Krika's Italian Deli and Subs over in Woodland Hills right there on Topanga. Kevin McHenry is the owner there. And I always say when I get fired from here, Kevin, I can't wait to work in a deli again. <laughs> I worked in a deli for about five years uh, and you're and, hired. <laughs> thank you. That was easy. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Uh, we're surviving. Um, I mean, you know, it, business is not as usual, but uh, we've had the support of our community. We've been here for 51 years. So uh, people are really stepping up. And um, yeah, we're here. Um, this is a maybe a weird question and maybe too early to figure this out. Is business better or worse than you were expecting when we found out that you could not have dine-in service? Um, you know what? 80% of our business is takeout only or takeout anyway. So it's really that part's not really affecting us. It seems like people are into the meats. They're hungry for the meats. They're stocking up on the meats. So that works in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. And also the sweets, the meats and the sweets, they're, uh, really buying a lot of cannoli and cookies and tiramisu and lemoncello. So they're, yeah, meats and sweets is what we say. So as of right now, you guys are open from 11 to 4 for takeout and for delivery from a couple different services. Um, are you seeing um, Are you seeing more most popular items, I mean, things that are on your menu that people just can't get away from? Uh, yeah, our meatball and our hot pastrami. Those are our two most oh, popular man. sandwiches. Gosh, why Don't did say you the words hot that. pastrami? <laughs> We're not even hungry, and now we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so come on in. We'll, we'll treat you to a meatball and pastrami sandwich, and you'll never go to another. Uh, I love this as well. You're not the only ones to do it, but I know that you guys are going to do this great. Is You can have... Uh, sandwiches donated on, on if I go in, I can have sandwiches donated on my behalf to healthcare workers, local hospitals. How does that work? Yeah, so you come on in, um, you can donate a sandwich to the medical staff. Uh, we started just doing West Hills Hospital, but guys, this has really blown up and the community has really stepped up. And so now we've expanded it to Kaiser in Woodland Hills. We're doing West Hills Hospital, and we're in the middle of getting contacts over at Northridge Hospital, too. Just this week, we started it on Monday, and just since Monday, we've had 285 sandwiches donated wow. to the medical staff. So my wife is doing uh, the, the uh, day shift delivery, and I'm doing the night shift delivery. And I'm telling you, 
the texts that I'm getting from the nurses and the doctors over there, they are so thankful. Um, I mean, they don't even get a lunch or know if they're going to get a lunch. And so just to be able to swing by, pick up a sandwich on their way to the next patient and, and munch it down, it's, it's been it's been a life changer for them. Absolutely. I mean, they don't have time for anything. Forget about, I mean, they don't get breaks normally, but uh, certainly not now. Hey, uh, is it just you and your wife? I mean, you guys have other employees that you're helping through this? Oh yeah. We have a great staff. Um, We have about uh, 10 to 12 uh, people that are working for us right now. And uh, it's, it's limited staff than normal, but we're, we're, we're trucking along. We're, we're making it. Well, we'll make sure that we throw up information. You can find, um, uh, Kevin, you can find information at creekasitaliandeli.com, C-R-I-C-C-A-S, creekasitaliandeli.com. All the information about what's available, the hours on the website, of course, um, like I said, we're open from 11 to 4, or you guys are open from 11 to 4 for takeout and delivery, but there's a great menu on there uh, for people to, to check out. And, of course, like you said, to donate to healthcare workers at the local hospitals, a way that you can give sandwiches away as well. One of my favorite yep. sandwiches to make was a, a Reuben. You toast that light rye bread. You put some uh, pastrami, a little sauerkraut, slice a Swiss on the top. You melt that thing, put some spicy mustard in there. I'll punch you in the face to yep. stop you from talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> man. Kevin, thank you. Uh. Thanks, guys. I appreciate what you do. You bet. Kevin McHenry there, again, owner of Creekas Italian Deli and Subs there in Woodland Hills, uh, 4800 block at Topanga Canyon Boulevard. But uh, check them out online. We'll throw the link up on our social media as well so that you can check it out, especially if you're in that area, com. One of the good things about this whole thing is, like, by getting takeout – and eating delicious food all the time, you're doing good. You're helping. You know what I right? mean? That's <laughs> how you. We can rationalize yeah, all of this. That's how you excuse it. My my wife has been really good about. Uh, we have you know we have food in the pantry, so we've been making all kinds of stuff. And uh, she asked me last night, or she asked me this morning, what was it that I thought I wanted for food tonight? And I just I started thinking about all these different restaurants that we've had. I yeah. said we got to get, we got to do more takeout. We got to do something like that because I know. I'm going to have to earn it. So between now and dinner time, I'm going to have to do some sort of physical activity. I'm going to do two a days all weekend. <laughs> I'm going to be inmate ripped by the end just, of this thing. Just to make up for just, all of it. You're right. I will not be ripped. It'll just be trying to maintain. Uh, all right. So we, we uh, when we come back, we'll try to wrap up everything we've learned perhaps in the last week. Uh, the president is uh, speaking, or at least he was a few minutes ago. See if we can tap into that as well and uh, bring that to you before we wrap up the show, before John and Ken get here. All right, Gary. Oh, an announcement about how you can hang out with us on this weekend. That's as well. right. I forgot about that. Together. That'll be good. Apart. Apart. Gary and Shannon will continue. Got my eyes on you. You're everything that I see. I won't show One of my friends just texted me in all caps, OMG, I have a headache. I told her what you tell me. No, drink some water. You're fine. (laughs) You're fine. Uh, Apparently my daughter has started watching Tiger King. Yes, she has. Because she just texted me in all caps. He has 187 tigers. Are you kidding me? Oh, girl, just wait. (laughs) It gets so much crazier. Uh, I want to watch your daughter watch it. I want to see her reactions. Like her facial reaction. This part, that that part, I think is probably that's the, the most, crazy part for you. Well, no, I mean just early on. 
I don't want to give it away, so I'm making sign language so Shannon knows what I'm talking about. This part, I think, yeah. is the, the I, thing I was where, waiting for that to happen. How do you have a camera on the premises when that happens? They have cameras every day all over the place. I can't wait. I mean, it's a beautiful day, so I'm probably going to sit outside trying to read a book like a you know functioning adult. Mm. And then I'm going to get this, back the 1960s? into Tiger King. Uh, wait till the sun goes down. Right. Okay. Just making sure. That's what I just said. Kind of. I know, but I feel like there's a certain time. I've I felt that same uh, motivation to watch that last night, mm-hmm. but I had to pace myself. Right. Like push back, push it back as far as I could go until, and then my wife said, okay, we're going to start at eight o'clock. Yeah. And then she disappears in the other room and ch- turns out she's ended up reading a book like a smart person, yeah. like a, like an adult, like you said. And then we didn't start it until nine o'clock, but we watched two full episodes. So, um, the president uh, just signed the $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill. I wanted to play for you a couple of comments, not specifically about the bill. He talked about a conversation that he had had with Boris Johnson, as a matter of fact, the uh, prime minister of Great Britain, who we found out today had tested positive for coronavirus. And hopefully maybe we won't even need the full activation. We'll find out. Uh, he's talking there about the Defense Production Act and the, the need to get General Motors and other large corporations to produce the ventilators that are needed at hospitals. But we need the ventilators. Uh, I said hello today. I called him uh, a wonderful guy, Boris Johnson. As you know, he tested positive. And before he even said hello, he said, we need ventilators. I said, wow, that's a big statement. And hopefully he's going to be in good shape. I just spoke to Angela Merkel, and uh, she's quarantined also. She is right now. Uh, for a period of two weeks, uh, being forced to stay in her house. So this is uh, just an incredible situation. Last night, I spoke to President Xi. We talked about uh, the experience that they had in China and all of the things that have taken place. And we uh, we learn a lot. They've had a very tough experience, and uh, they're doing well, and he's doing well. President Xi is doing very well. But we learned a lot, and we have great communication together. Uh, we're going to be sent great data from China, things that happened that they see that, uh, you know, they've had a they've had an early experience and uh, we're getting all of that information. Much of it has already been sent. It was sent yesterday and sent to our scientists to to study. Uh, he goes on and then allows some of the people who are in the uh, cabinet room with him to speak about the bill, to t- speak about what was going on. So Mitch McConnell spoke. Kevin McCarthy spoke as well. Um the uh, what's going on this weekend, though, is going to be interesting because this is going to be the second weekend. The weather is improving here in Southern California. And even though our safer at home, safe at home, non-essential employees, please stay at home kind of orders have been in place. This, I think, is going to be an important weekend for people to figure out if they can do this. And it's going to be an important weekend for public health officials to determine which regulations are going to stay in place and which ones aren't. Now, today they did announce that county beaches, county trailheads, county bike paths, those which types of things really will all be closed. sucks, the fact that the trailheads would be closed. Well, um, but it doesn't stop people from walking on the sidewalk. I mean, I've seen more people out and about. Yeah. And we're, we're pretty early into this thing, to be honest. Well, and we're, we're early into this thing and our weather... Is, has been uncommonly cold. Yeah. I mean, recently it's been – you were saying last – it didn't rain at your place yesterday. It was hailing at my house yesterday afternoon. Oh, wow. Hailing. 
And it was one final fell swoop. Like it hailed for like an hour and a half and then it was over. The moon last night was beautiful. Clear skies this morning. Looks great. It's going to warm up over the next few days. So that I think by Tuesday we said it's going to be uh, uh, somebody an email sent me. It's going to be swelter in place because it's going to be 80 plus degrees. There's a couple running trails that I use that there's just really no way to close them. Like I know a couple hiking trails. There's a way to close them off. But if there's just running trails out in the... In the hinterlands, how, I don't know how you close those down. I'm hoping that they'll they'll stay open. Well, but the, I, again, like you can use the sidewalks. The decisions uh, to close things like beaches and the and the parking lots around the beaches is the interesting one to me because even the images that we saw of people on beaches, it seemed to me like for the most part, yes, you could you know if from a helicopter shot at two thousand feet, it looks like there's a lot of people on the beach. But they do look like they're six feet apart outside of, you know, the family unit. If I go there with my wife, I can sit next to my wife, but we're supposed to be together six feet apart from other people in, on the beach. That that would be worth closing at this point. Um, the other the, – the hardest part, I think, about what they have to do to convince morons like us to stay apart is they have to be able to prove that these – these steps are going to make a difference that at some point in the next 10, 14, 21 days, we will be able to say this yes. has made an impact we're, in the number of infections. We're already seeing that. We're already seeing that in the Bay Area where they put the lockdown in place right away. You know, we talked about the Spanish flu in 1918 and how different cities responded, how Philadelphia had a parade versus St. Louis versus St. Louis and how the, the numbers were drastically different. So it is working. It does suck. But the longer that we adhere to this, the stronger we're going to be and the fewer people who are going to die. All right. Uh, a couple things to keep on the calendar for today, uh, for this weekend, I should say. On Sunday morning. What time? I don't know. 11? That's fine. Yeah, 11, because that'll be like transitioning from coffee to, to bubbles. We will, re- <laughs> we will remind you on social media, at Gary and Shannon, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, that we will be doing probably Instagram Live on Sunday morning. Uh, a little Q&A session just with the with us. Uh, you can join us on Instagram Live at Gary and Shannon. And again, we'll we'll send you reminders. But about 11 o'clock on Sunday morning where we just hang out in the backyard, uh, backyards, I suppose, together apart and answer questions if you have any about what's going on, about what our day is going to be like, what the weekend is going to be like. That's really anything. Sunday morning at 11 a.m. And it's not subject to FCC regulations. Right. That's important. Thank God. That's very important. Uh, the other thing is that on Sunday evening, what was supposed to be the 2020 iHeart Music Awards has turned into Fox presents the iHeart Living Room Concert for America. We've seen a lot of artists lately, uh, singers, songwriters, etc., doing impromptu and very low-key concerts from their living room or backyard or wherever. And we're going to take advantage of that, we, the corporation. So Sunday night, 6 o'clock hour time on Fox and a bunch of our broadcast radio stations in L.A. and on the iHeartRadio app, a one-hour special hosted by Elton John. I don't know what his house looks like. Will you sing a little bit of Tiny Dancer? Tiny Dancer? Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. Count the I, can't hit the, the I cannot hit those notes. How about... You're That's right. as close as I get. Uh, hosted by Elton John. 
featuring Alicia Keys, Backstreet Boys, Billy Eilish, Billy Joe Armstrong, Green Day, Camila Cabello, Dave Grohl, Mariah Carey, Sam Smith, Tim McGraw, Ciara, Demi Lovato, Lizzo. They'll all be there. And all of it is to encourage donations to Feeding America and First Responders Children's Foundation, two of the many charities that have been helping victims and first responders of coronavirus. Um, you can spread the word. We'll talk about it more on Sunday morning when we get together for our impromptu backyard chat, perhaps. Yeah, I love it. Uh, or front yard. I'd rather do backyard. I have snails. I'm going to do the front yard so we can we can be separate apart together. Even more separate. Mm-hmm. But I have snails on the the little. What's wrong with snails? Rick. Just they're, they're, I'm afraid they're eating that stucco. Do you know how I'm a good friend to you? Yesterday I uh, was I had sunflowers, fresh sunflowers that were not so fresh anymore. So I took them out of the vase and I put them in the trash, and they looked super creepy. There was like six big sunflowers in the trash, and I had the idea to take a picture of them and send it to you, and I didn't. Because I know about your fear of sunflowers. It's not that I am afraid of them. I just don't like them. I used to be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. I am not afraid of them anymore. Do I get a, a pat on the back for that? I will give you a kudos for a single kudo for your self-control. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> John and Ken show coming up next. We'll see you Monday. Stay dry, everybody. Maybe. Blessings. Farmers and Distillers Dining Room and Patio are now open and accepting reservations. They're following all the government guidelines so you can choose to dine out safely or if you want to stay in, they've got you covered. You can order for curbside pickup or delivery online at FarmersAndDistillers.com. They're also still offering a robust one-stop shop founding farmers market and grocery for all your daily grocery needs. Offerings include fresh produce, a prepared foods market, full bakery, butcher and deli, house-churned ice cream, house-roasted coffee, wine, beer and more. Visit FoundingFarmersMarket.com to order. Same-day delivery of available.